Hello, people. Um, I got some good news for you guys, or me mostly. Uh, so I picked up a couple new sponsors. We have uh, Finish Line Factory coming on for the 2019 season. Uh, Finish Line Factory makes all of the uh, AN fittings you like. Uh, you're more than welcome to Google them, Finish Line Factory. I believe they're based out of Florida. Um, they're going to be helping us out with all of our plumbing that we're going to be doing, you know, power steering plumbing, uh, water cooling plumbing, since we're going to be doing the radiator in the back of the car, as well as the fuel lines, the PTFE fittings and stuff like that. Um, I also picked up a wheel, a new wheel sponsor for the season. Uh, we're going to go with Kansei wheels. Uh, they're actually out of garden Grove, California, from my understanding. And, you know, I'm on the fence on which wheel to pick. Uh, there are two of them that I like very, very much. And I really can't decide as far as which one to go with because I'm kind of a undecided person. Undecisive person, rather. And let's see. They have two wheels that I really, really like. Um, they have the KNP. Uh, and then they also have the Corsa. Those are their one-piece wheels. Uh, definitely look them out. It's spelled K-A-N-S-E-I wheels.com. Uh, they also have a two-piece deal, which is I can't afford. So I'm not even going to bother with those. But actually, my favorite wheel from them is the Roku wheel. It's They only offer it in a two-piece and is a little bit out of my price range. So, unfortunately, I won't be getting those uh, maybe later on down the road. But thank you to all the listeners. Uh, just a heads up, today we have on Josh Mason. Josh Mason actually built the cage in my BMW E46. He did a uh, great job, actually. Anybody who sees his welds are like, holy shit, these things are crazy. Like, he actually does a really good job. Um, his My cage, from my understanding, was like one of his first FD cages. So he positioned my car, like when my seat was in the car, he positioned the cage exactly for that seat. Um, and we didn't really know like how the seat belt, uh, the the harness bar is supposed to go in. We both kind of learned that together at the Drift League. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I was able to just reposition my seat a little bit to get it to go into, uh, to get it to pass tech. I remember him on his Mustang. He actually had to add in another bar altogether. Um, but you know, this one, this one is a good show. Uh, I think so. At least, at least I think so. Uh, you know, we get into depth about sponsorships, what to expect, what not to expect. Um, don't expect too much, you know. But you know, you should be getting something out of the deal at the end of the year, and it kind of goes to show. Uh, and again, thank you guys for listening. Here's the show. Gerald, what's up, man? Mason, what's going on? What is happening, dude? Uh, same shit, different day. Same shit, different day. Yeah. What are you you doing now for work? Didn't you say you were inspecting or something like that? I, I install fire alarms. That's what I've always done. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just, uh, I finally... 
convince my job to pay me adequately. <laughs> Would you strong arm him? <laughs> no, I gave him a two week notice and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm willing to stay if you guys are willing to match the off or make a deal with me. They didn't match the offer I was going to get, but, you know, the other place I was going to go to kind of just didn't match. Like there was no vacation time. Like they just gave you like two weeks off during Christmas and that was your vacation yeah. time. And I was like, well, my racing doesn't work that way. So <laughs> <laughs> I need that vacation time. Right. <laughs> so they let me stay and then I got to like keep all my vacation hours. So Nice. Yeah, you got to use those, man. Yeah, a little couple a couple more dollars an hour, so There you go. Hey, it adds up. That's it for sure. Certainly does. Yep. What's up, brother? How you been, man? Just just doing it, man. Just I mean, just kind of the It's been the how you say it, like the, you know, the usual stages of ups and downs and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Um, you know, I I was the plan was like trying to run Pro 2 this year, but it's just at the end of the day, it's just for one, I didn't have a car and then, you know, just didn't have like, you know, the budget nor, you know, the sponsors to back it. I mean, I have sponsors, but, you know, I haven't really built a, I mean, I've built a good rapport with my current sponsors, but, you know, I still got to build like a, I guess like a more, how do you say it? More, more like valuable or more high relationship with them to basically say where I can comfortably walk up to them and be like, Hey, I need, sixty thousand dollars to run my pro two car you yeah know? yeah because that's uh it's not cheap no and no it's and like and that includes the expenses of actually putting that damn thing together you know rebuilding the motor during the off season and and things right. like that people don't kind of take that into account they're just like well i already have a car so it's only going to cost me you know 10 grand to get to the east side i'm like yeah that's just for two rounds <laughs> right Exactly. I know. Like, oh, uh, you know, one of my buddies that competes in pro two, you know, he came over and he sat down with me and we kind of wrote up like a budget. We were possibly going to be kind of like tandem traveling together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to save like, especially on fuel costs, because we calculated like just to like from here to like Florida would be basically like $2,500 just in fuel. And that's diesel. That's not gas. So and that's one way or that's there and back. That was just one way. Oh, shit. So, you know, if you were to go, yeah. So if we were to go out there, like, you know, California to Florida and then from Florida back to California, you know, that's five grand just in fuel on one round. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking about, you know, going from, you know, Florida and then after Florida is done, then, you know, uh, travel up to Atlanta uh, drop off the, you know, the rig and trailer, leave that there, you know, for the meantime, and then fly back to California, um, which was a possibility that was going to save a basically a crap ton of money. But even then, even by that money being saved, you know, I still got to take into account, you know, I got to fly my spotter out, I got to fly, you know, at least one crew dude out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, if I could fly out two crew members, that'd be great, but that'd be ideal. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, then after you pay their flight, you know, so their flight is, you know, another, you know, 500 bucks one way. It's just when it was just adding up, it was just like, man, like, I mean, this is definitely, you know, uh, it's serious. It's serious deal. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, all this stuff is is got to be treated like a business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after calculating everything, it was like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to originally you know, just focus on seeing what I can do as far as putting a program together and see if I can get funding for next year and just focus on building the car, uh, 
in this 2019 season. I actually wasn't even going to run uh, the Drift League. And, um, you know, word kind of got around, you know, that I wasn't going to be running and everything. And then uh, basically I contacted Martin over at Milestar Tires, mm -hmm. uh, you know, basically asking him for tires for just to put on the Camaro um, for All-Star Bash, um, just to, you know, take the car out, have fun with it, play. And then he asked me, you know, hey, man, like, you know, are you going to be running, uh, you know, Pro 2 this year, the Drift League? And I just flat out told him, I was like, well, Pro 2 is for sure a no because I don't have the budget. And then the Drift League, like, you know, I don't want to run the Drift League because then I can just dump more of that money into the Pro 2 car. But at the same time, like, it would be great to, you know, stay in the car, get the seat time, and also just be out there. I mean, as we all know, like, you know, drifting's fun and, and – drifting against your your friends and stuff like that is fun too so you know i told him i was like hey you know what i i, I want to try and do it but honestly i don't think i'm going to because i just don't have the money yeah it's, uh, it's definitely not fucking cheap by any means not even to run pro-am what's up not even i said pro-am's not even cheap no like people you know i remember when i first talked to uh rathina on like the live stream about you know pro-am as far as you know she was talking to other prom guys what they were spending and you know it's like i feel like to run a comfortable like comfortable pro-am round you are going to be spending you know in my opinion two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars like per round and that's everything that's fuel uh your entry fee your your tires um you know i i think that's you know i don't know if that's either high or low on my and that, end that could also include like you having to pay someone to be out there like if let's say you have like we were doing fridays like if you had to pay your buddy because he's going to lose his pay for the day if he decides to come help you out on friday and spot for you right you know what I mean? yeah that's something that could be kind of included if that's what you're basing it off of yeah see that's what i was like basing it off of too because you know basically uh my spotter uh Derek klug he based you know he had to take a day off of work because, you know, the Fridays, I mean, he spotted for me uh, three out of the four rounds. And uh, yeah, I mean, I told him, I was like, hey, dude, like, I'll match what, what you know, where you were because he works over at SpaceX. So like, also they pay him good there. So it was like, like, oh, damn it. I got to pay you $200 an event, like son of a bitch, but whatever. I need you. He's really good. He's a great guy. Yeah. I also consider him a very close friend and he's very, very, uh, He's got a lot of hands-on mechanical knowledge as well. So it was kind of like, you know what, if I really want to take this seriously and I want to, you know, you know, try and podium, I'm going to have to surround myself with, you know, good people. Um, you know, so I didn't mind, you know, bringing him out and stuff like that. So we did that. We worked out a deal too where, um, you know, instead of me paying him, I ended up just caging his, his Cressida which this year we were actually planning on being teammates. He was going to try to get his car together and we were going to do pro-am together. But unfortunately, you know, he wants to do the 2J and he wants to do the CDO9 swap. And then that required a, a really crazy shifter that apparently some dude quit making. So that kind of, you know, put him oh. in the water and he couldn't finish his program. And I kept telling him, well, you wouldn't have that problem if you put an LS in it and, he basically give me the finger every single time, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm an LS guy too, but you know, I'm a like I'm a old I've come around from like old hot rods, so that's all I know is like small block three fifties and then the LS right. came out and it's like the holy grail. Yeah. So when people are like, Why'd you put an LS in it when I had the BMW? I'm like the BMW, I was like, uh, cause 
why the hell would I throw some Japanese engine in it? Or why would I build the BMW motor? Just, it's, right. this is my roots. Right. Yeah. And then, well, you know, to go, to touch more on your, your pro-am, um, your pro-am program, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, you show up to the track and a, a little bit well prepared. You show up better prepared than most. Although at least if it's just a facade and it just looks that way, you know, you show up with an enclosed trailer you know, you kind of have the RV set up, you know, I don't know what that whole deal is, but it's just like, it's stuff like that, that just makes you look like you're ready to go. Uh, like, so, like, so is it like, um, how do I say it? Is it like just the appearance? Or yeah, is it, no, I, no, I'm saying like, it, it appears that way. I don't know what, you, you know, I know things, you know, perception is reality sometimes. At yeah. least you, you make it seem that way. But I'm just saying like, some people, you know, don't show up like that. And could be more mentally prepared or just prepared in general, but like it looks like you have all this together. Is that the case, or is it? Like, do you still struggle? Like, what's the reality? It's well, it's like to be perfectly honest, like that motorhome and that enclosed trailer is actually my grandfather's. So that's my grandfather's stuff that you know we break out. I mean, the only trailer I got is my little flatbed. Yeah, and, and not to cut you off, but that's that's like one of the things like for pro am is using your the resources you have at your ex- was it your expense no it's bad to well, just using just use it like it's like using the resources that you have at hand correct and then and you don't know if you have them unless you ask like i'm pretty sure you know you were like yo gramps <laughs> or you know it could have been openly offered you know what i mean it, it, it's a different yeah. story for for everybody and yeah. that's a thing well well, ri- well long story short like my grandfather wanted nothing to do with drifting and then I took him to a drift event like one time and he kind of, he realized that, Hey, this is a big deal. And then when we went out in one, uh, round one, that's where I really sold him on it. Oh, so, yeah. you, you know, sunk him in, huh? Huh? Yeah. So I sucked him in and basically, you know, he's been around racetracks and race cars all his life. And then for a while when we stopped drag racing, he stopped, you know, coming to racetracks. Yeah. So when I told him I wanted to do this drifting thing, he was a little bit, kind of standoffish but then as soon as he started coming around and then he's like all right we'll give round one a try and we won it was kind of like that little spark uh ignited back in him of being at a racetrack so ever since then it's he's oh he almost talks about the drift league more than i do now but which is rad no Um, that's awesome but to not to get off topic but i mean dude like i want to say it's I sometimes I do look like I have everything put together and I have it all together. And sometimes I do, but sometimes I, I don't. Um, there's been times where I've gotten the car ready at like, you know, I didn't finish getting the car ready and loaded up until like one o'clock at night, like the, or one o'clock in, in the morning, the day of the event. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but that was basically just me just, just busting ass and just really, uh, you know, I mean, as far as everything else being prepared, like, do I have fuel? Do I have tires? Do I have all that? Yeah, I got all that, you know, my checklist. But, you know, usually I have this plan where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be loaded up and ready. I'm going to be in my bed at nine o'clock. I'm going to get a full like <laughs> eight hours of sleep. And somehow that never happens. I end yeah. up running on four to five to if i if any like i mean if i get six hours of sleep that's like on a good day but that rarely ever happens um but mainly also too it's kind of like i do like to show up with at least like a prepared car like i don't want to 
I don't want to take the car off the trailer and instantly have to start wrenching on it because of I didn't get, you know, X, Y, and Z done. I do, you know, do I try my hardest to at least, you know, look prepared in that aspect, you know? Yeah. Like the one thing I try to do the same and like the one thing I don't do because the way I tie my car down to my trailer, which I'm fixing this season, um, <laughs> is like I got to do my toe adjustment every time I pull the car off. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Because I tie it down through the front wheels and that's something I want to change on my trailer too. Yeah. So, you know, that's what, that's the main thing I have to do. But my dumb ass is always un- never prepared. <laughs> I'm still like putting bumpers on and crap. Yeah. No, but that's good. And then like a lot of people, you'll see them there. They'll pull their car out of the trailer and drive right up to tech. Right. You know, and I'm like, damn, that's what I want to do. Yeah. See, it's like, I, I got that. See, I've learned that from like, I'm not going to name names here, but a certain pro drifter, like, that's how he basically ran his program. Like, as soon as that trailer, as soon as that car came off the trailer, all he had to do was basically let it warm up. As it was warming up, he'd suit up, he'd suit up and instantly go on the track. And that was no matter whether it was a media day or mm-hmm. an FDA or even just testing. Like, that's just how he ran his program and I really respected that. And it was just something that it was just like, okay, like I'm going to do it. Like I want to be, you know, somewhat like this program. Cause it's just, if that's the professional way, then, you know, and I aspire to be a professional. So let's be professional about it. Even in early stages, you know, I mean, yeah, we like me and you were like pro-am level, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be professional. Yeah. That's like, you know, being an apprentice at a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? You still got to hold a professionalism. You got to, you kind of have to pay your dues the correct way before someone takes you seriously. Yeah. But then, I mean, but then again, too, it's like, you never know who you're talking to or who's looking at your car or whatever. I mean, for all you know, or your Instagram. Yeah. The marketing manager of Mm -hmm. Holly can be checking out your car and he can totally not even say a word that he's with Holly. But if you, take the time, talk to him. And he also sees that your car's, you know, prepared and, and, you know, put together and everything. It's like, Looks you know, good. Um, yeah. I mean, no. who knows? Like he, he can start up a conversation. Oh, well, you know, I got this and I got that. And then all of a sudden you come to find out he's the marketing manager of Holly or he's, you know, so-and-so and he's just somebody who wants to work with you. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter who it is. It could be fucking, they could sell lug nuts. You know what I mean? It, right. Exactly. You know, it's, it's kind of it's it's another incentive to to get more sponsors on. They're like, okay, this person's working with him. I know this guy on a personal level. This guy may he just selling lug nuts, but you know, I'm supplying engines. <laughs> right. You know, you exactly. never know. Exactly. You don't want to blow someone off over nothing. Right. And then you kind of shouldn't be blowing people off, anyways. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I learned, and like to kind of touch on that subject, like I learned a lot last year uh, through. You know, I kind of, I stayed pretty quiet, like, the whole time. I kind of felt like I had too much of a game face on. You know, I kind of, you know, I wasn't as outgoing and as friendly as I usually was. Um, And not just to, like, you know, not just to, like, you know, uh, spectators, but also, like, other drivers and and spotters. And, you know, I did realize, because a lot of people kind of, like, well, not a lot, but just certain people that I have close to in my life kind of like, hey, Josh, you know, sometimes you look like you want to kill somebody and at the same time like i like i know i have a resting bitch face but i've i've learned that you know what i gotta cool that out and at the end of the day we're all out here to have fun we're you know it's like yeah as soon as the helmets go on we're enemies but as soon as the suits and the enemy or as soon as we're out of the cars 
you know, we got to be friends. You know, there's too much animosity in this drift community and it sickens me. It That's the realest thing. It really is. It's And it's all like high school crap. <laughs> it really is, man. It's, it's a, it seems like it's a popularity contest sometimes. And, it, and that's cool, you know, if that's what you're into. Right. But, you know, sometimes I just want to go to the track with like-minded people and granted i'm not i'm not the most people-friendly person like i I, you know i don't like going to places with like big crowds like i will not go to disneyland (laughs) like just you know things like that and but i do try like when i see somebody come up to my car i do try to be i'm like hey how's it going and the reason actually the reason i learned this was from my friend andrew uh he does it anytime somebody would come up to his car he would walk up to them and be like hey how are you do you have any questions about the car? Nice. And I was like, huh, that's not a bad deal. You know, he just, he's, uh, he engages with people. Yeah. And some yeah, people right. don't like that, you know, and then they're like, no, and they walk away. And then some people will be like, yeah, what right. did you do? Right. So it, it's cool. You gotta, you kind of have to have that. Um, what is it? It's not, not a, it's not necessarily personality, but you, well, just like, over. Op- like just openness like openness to like regardless like, whether they want to talk to you or not you know? yeah regardless if you want to talk to them or not you know small talk is okay like some guys right. will ask you like what's your will specs bro like it's like all right come on right yeah but i mean like mainly like i mean i know last year i was really you know friendly with people that walked up and talked to the car and, and spectators and stuff mainly like i know i stayed pretty distant with a lot of the uh, drivers last year um and i think it was just a combination of like when even before i was drifting in pro-am like when i i mean you remember when i brought the camaro around and i was drifting the camaro and yeah. stuff like that for some oddball apparent reason it was kind of like when i first got into drifting i wanted to be a part of like i want to be part of the club you know like hey guys like you know we're all drifting yeah like you, I got you see camaro. like this group of people who are having fun together and it's like i want to join right. that yeah, yeah. It, it it clings to you. Yeah, and I and I showed up just kind of wanting to be part of the group, and then you know I guess maybe I just got surrounded with maybe the wrong people, but you know those people they were all drifting like Japanese cars. So when they see me bring a '68 Camaro, like to some it like wasn't cool. Like it was like not nah, like that's whack. It's a V8. It's an old car. Why mm-hmm. is this out here? Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I always, I always had this kind of like anti like okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm just going to play in my own sandbox. I'm still going to drift, but I'm going to, you know, do it over here. And, you know, yeah, I'll play in this corner. Yeah. I just kind of had this like F everyone like attitude. And over time, like it was kind of like, you know what, that's not the way to be like, you know, there's some good people out there in the drift community. Not everyone's, you know, uh, going to treat you the same way. So I had to learn that too. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, something I wanted to change this year of, you know, just, you know, just be more friendly, just be more friendly to mainly like the other drivers and the other crew. Not that I wasn't friendly, but I just wasn't open. I just, you know, had kind of like a wall around me, you know? Yeah. And that that goes the same for me. Like I'm pretty quiet. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't really like to talk too much, Mm -hmm. even though this, this podcast is completely, um, (laughs) like it's the complete opposite of what you just said. Yeah. It completely (laughs) contradicts what I just said, but like, like in, in real life, I don't like to talk to a whole lot of people it, it just i don't like to converse too much mm-hmm. you know and then um well it's tough it's tough when you're when you're in like competition like that yeah like ride that fine line of hey i need to be serious this time but then also this time i you know need to 
be my, I'm not, I shouldn't be afraid to be myself. Correct. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's the most thing I want, I want to do. Like I, I, I'm cool with small talk. Hey, how are you? Right. And I move on, but that's, that's it. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to get into like in-depth conversations and, you know, find out where people grew up or something. I don't know their life story, you know, know, and it's, but a lot of that is like, people won't realize like they, all they see is like from the outside looking in, cause I followed pro-am for two years before I drove. Um, like all you see is all this clicks, these groups, these people, they just look like they're having a genuine good time. And I think that comes with time. None yeah. of those guys were there for their first year that I know of. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? So they're all, you know, all these people you see together is because they drove together last year and the year before that. Right. So all these friendships are molded. Yeah. Absolutely. So all these new clicks are coming up and that's just kind of how it is. I just, and I see it, but I just kind of wish it wasn't so clicky. I just wish you kind of, everyone just kind of grew into it together. And it was like kind of all, all right. the same thing. Cause there is hate in it, in the damn industry, in, uh, in pro-am. Like it's right. Yeah. Well, I remember like, I remember when I was drifting the Camaro and like the Mustang wasn't even a thought in my mind. Uh, I remember like seeing Rome, uh, you know, drifting his, like, super stock-ass, like, BMW, like, stock motor, practically on eBay coilovers, you know, but he was super (laughs) friendly, super respectful, and he was almost practically out there, like, by himself, Mm -hmm. and then I didn't follow Prime for a very long time, Um, and then all of a sudden, I show up to a Prime event, and he's, like, Mr. Popular, I'm, like, and he's doing really good with a V8, like, everything, I'm, like, holy crap, like, this dude has really came up like a bunch. So yeah. I, I think it's like, what I, I agree what you said. I think it just comes with time. Yeah, it does. You know, your name gets out there. People get to know you. And especially if you're winning, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone's cool with the winner. Like no one's yeah. going to be like, F that guy. He's, lo- he's winning. Right. But like, I don't like, in my opinion, like, you know, I think certain, how do I say it? Like just because you're winning or just cause you're, or even if you're not winning, like, at the end of the day, like we're all still like a little drift community and a little drift family. And it's like, I think yeah. it, you know, just should be like a part of like everyone, you know, obviously the winners are going to stand out a little bit more, but you know, I just think like everyone needs to treat everyone pretty much with the same respect and the same, uh, you know, uh, I agree. Light, I, I guess agree. you say, and you know, and, and then, and to segue into this, um, like the, the guys who are like, you need to start in a low powered car or, you know, you need to stop. You need to start in a stock powered car with stock angle. Like that's like a big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can never remember the fucking words when I need them. That's a big controversy kind of, yeah. you know, like the first time I ever drifted wasn't a Cadillac CTSV with stock right. angle. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that thing of, like, you drifting at Grange. Yeah, that thing's stock. So, technically, I started in one, so everyone could kiss my ass. <laughs> you know, but then I threw that, that motor. I then, then that motor got thrown in the BMW, and, and then you did a similar thing. Like, you came out with a V8. This It's a higher... What are you pushing, like, 450 on the Camaro? Uh, the Camaro, it was, it's like... No, nah, it's probably, like, 400. It's 512. I know it's 512 to the crank. So I'm guessing probably like, yeah, like 400 to the wheel. Okay. So no, but that's what I'm saying. Like you came out with a car that's, that has more power, but that thing has no angle on it. Right. You're in a solid axle. What is that? Uh, a three link? Yeah. It's a three link torque arm. It's basically, it's basically a, 
on-road drifting trophy truck. <laughs> That's what I thought I knew that from. I was like, why is there? Huh. Okay, that makes a lot of sense now. Like, you a, you watching, are you running a sway bar in the back? Yeah, if you were to watch in-car footage of like a, or in-truck footage of like a trophy truck, like turning a corner, mm -hmm. that's what it's like in the Camaro. Like there's no part of that car that wants to drift. Um, the only <laughs> reason why I make it drift is just because I've, I've driven it so much and I know how to force it into ways it doesn't want to go. But at the same time, it's like, if you make any, sometimes you got to let it do its thing. And then there's sometimes where you really have to be on top of it. You know, it's not like, you know, driving a, persuade it a little thing or a purpose built BMW where, you know, you, you, if you were to run over a quarter, you're going to feel it on the road. Well, the Camaro is the complete opposite. I could dirt drop and I'll barely feel it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because it, of the suspension set up in the rear, right? Yeah. Okay, I, used that makes to, sense. I used to run a rear sway bar in it, but it made it handle like worse. Like, like it's just like weird to say. Um, and I can't run a front sway bar because then it will limit my angle. So I'm literally running like no sway bars and like super soft spring rates because the coilovers that I got, like they're very limited when it comes to coilovers and muscle cars. So you're limited on spring rates. I mean, shit, I think I got like a 500 spring rate in the front and then like a two. 50 to 75 in the rear so it's pretty like bang soft and yeah. then the geometry in the front of that car it's a double wishbone the geometry yep. in that car is already like horrible as it is so i was gonna ask you did you did you cut the knuckles or anything no i didn't even i didn't even modify the knuckles or nothing the only thing i was able to do to get more angle out of basically a 68 camaro was uh just add wheel spacers because at full lock, the wheels were hitting the frame. So uh, when I added the spacers, I think I got like a one, a one inch spacer in the front. Yeah, something like that. But it was able to give me a little bit more angle. But um, yeah, I mean, I started. So I, I mean, when I was drift or trying to drift, like I mean, we were drifting stock cars. You know, like I was drifting my Colorado that I had in my, you know. Uh, in high school even though it wasn't drifting it was like sliding in the rain just doing like ignorant crap you know in parking lots and Dr then drifting is drifting <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, I, yeah so i was drifting but i was horrible at it yeah um, and then i once i got the camaro done then it was like all right let's make this thing drift and then one thing led to another i kept driving it and just getting as much seat time as i possibly can um i think to a certain extent like as far as driving level yeah, maybe like not having an angle kit, not having all the horsepower in the world. I think it really depends on the person. Um, if someone already has maybe kind of like an existing racing experience, maybe they can handle like the higher horsepower and, uh, you know, maybe like a little bit angle. I just think it varies on person to person. I don't like, I think it's kind of ignorant to say when someone says there's a right and a wrong way on how to learn to drift like i just think there's so many ways that you just gotta kind of you know it's like there's so many different shoes in this world just find a pair that fit you you know yeah that's, so that's true and then the right and the wrong way it's it's so it's it's always based on kind of like a biased opinion because they're like this is the way i started out so this is the way you should right yeah, you know, if you started drifting with the finger up your butt, like, that doesn't mean I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> right. You know, like, like, the means I had, like, I 
granted, I didn't have all of the money to just go buy a drift car. But what I do, what I, the means I did have was a little bit of mechanical knowledge and I knew how to put shit together and I knew how to, you know, I could bolt things up. I can't weld worth a damn, but you know, I knew how to bolt things up. That's why that's, you know, for people that don't know, like you built my cage in the BMW. Right. And I don't, I don't know if that was your first cage for a drift cage, but I know it was mine. So I didn't know what to tell you to put in there. Right. You know what I mean? Like the seat, the, what was it? The seat for the seatbelt. Oh, uh, for the, the harness bar. Yeah. Like, like that was, that was incorrect. Yeah. But like, but it was incorrect on your car too. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, So it was I, I like see, I remember, let me see. I remember when I, when I put the cage in your car, I was like, Hey, put your seat like exactly where you want it, like where it's going to be, like where you're going to be driving it. And then yeah. I'm basically going to build the cage like around it. Right. That's what we did. Yeah. And then when I was building, like I had a, like, I've had years and years and years of experience of building like off-road trucks and like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like minimum, like minimal car stuff but the trophy truck stuff was pretty much uh kind of like open it wasn't as specific when it came to like roll cage stuff i mean don't get me wrong there's still a lot of regulations in in that uh particular aspect of racing but like with the drift stuff that harness bar like i was completely like unaware and like yeah like i you know you see me even do it to my car i'd add Mm -hmm. another bar yeah i saw that i was like huh him too (laughs) yeah i was completely like it was just kind of like well I guess I'm human. <laughs> no, but it, it just goes to show like you're going to learn along the way and it doesn't matter. Like a lot of people will be like, why did you do it wrong? Like, cause that's all I didn't know. Like, right. and I learned from it. I bet you're not going to make the same mistake on the pro two car. Right. And it's like the thing too. It's like, I think people concentrate. See, that's, here's another thing. People focus so much on when they build a car, they, they have so much, they put so much stress on themselves to build the perfect car. They, you know, the top notch, the top of this, and the yeah. top of that. even if they don't have the, like the most expensive parts in it, they are obsessing over trying to build this thing so perfect. And they're doing so much research to where they're so overwhelmed by it that nothing's getting done on the car. That's that, that puts me in the same place. Cause I'm like, I'm doing that right now with this stupid car. Like I'm researching how to weld. I don't know how to weld for shit, but I bought a welder. Right. And that's how, dude, that's how you do it. Like, I'll tell you later. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, how do I say it? Like, not to, like, tell anyone how to do it or what to do it or whatever, but, like, my thing is, is, like, just go out and do it, and if you fuck up, start over. Like, you know, I still learn stuff, like, with my Mustang. My must, my prime Mustang? Yeah. That thing is no way, shape, or form perfect, nor even close to perfect. I learn something new almost every time I drive that car, and... I love learning something new because then it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I can change a little bit of this and I can change a little bit of that because someone that's, you know, claims that they're going to build the perfect car and then once the car's done and they claim it's perfect, they go out and they take the car out on a test day. They find out it's overheating. Uh, they have weird bump steer. They have weird Ackerman. They have weird this. They have weird that. And it's like, okay, well, I thought you were building the perfect car, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you it's, know? It's nothing's, you know. You're not going to get it right the first time. Like, I got some, like, personal friends who are like, ah, oh, you fucked up your car. I'm like, yeah, that's because I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm, like, super honest about that. Yeah, but it also depends on, like, the friends, too. It's kind of like, well, are they building a car? Like, <laughs> No, actually, one of the friends, we were both building a car at the same time. 
that's when I started building the BMW and he was going to build a Cadillac CTSV for drag racing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, we'll make a bet. Whoever finishes first, you know, gets 500 bucks. <laughs> the his car just sat gutted for a year and then I bought it uh in October off of him. Wow. Yeah. So I ended up buying the car and I'm using it as my parts car for all for this one. Did he give you like your your $500 bet like in a discount for the car? No, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, he uh this this fucking asshole. Long story <laughs> short, I won't I won't put his name out there, but like he's like, Yeah, I'll sell you the car, whatever. I was like, All right, cool. Um so I go to pay him and then I was like, Hey, where's the pink slip? He's like, I don't have a pink slip. The car I reported the car missing to the uh to the finance company. I'm oh, like, God. You told them what? So and it was at our one of our mutual friends' house. Mm-hmm. And uh he's like, Yeah, I told him it was gone. I was like, You're a fucking idiot. Wow. So I was like, I'm not taking that car. He's like, what? I was like, no. I was like, I'm not taking the car. We're not. The deal's off. So I, that's yeah. when I had to go to Oregon and go pick up the other one. Yeah. I was like, I can't touch it. Like, it's yeah. not, not that it's like reported stolen, but, you know, you're keeping it from the finance company. I'm like, you're going to fuck somebody over. Like, that's how. It, so. Yeah, that can that can be in a little bit of a hairball situation. Yeah. And that's that's what I don't want to be in because, you know. Granted, we don't really have to have pink slips for these cars, but if if at any time, let's just say a cop decides to pull me over, you know, if I'm out of state driving, they're like, hey, where's your registration for this? They're like, right. hang on, let me run these numbers real quick since you don't have registration. You're going to be like, hey, this car was reported stolen. Right, and exactly. Then, yeah, and you dump 30 grand into that car. Not That's just to, you know, figuratively. You know, you yeah. dump 30 grand into a car, and then they're like, hey, not only did you lose 30 grand, but you're going to jail now because this car's stolen and right. possession is like nine tenths of the law. Like it's just right. you, you fucked yourself over like that. So don't do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and then if say like they catch you and like say you're going to a, an event like a drift event in like Arizona or like Vegas, exactly, you're a felony. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all it takes. It's just yeah. one stupid thing. So, yeah, you're, you're you're smart and and that's good for you know not you know taking it because yeah like you know sounds like you yeah you don't want to be mixed up in like all that stuff that's for sure. No, so the car I got from Washington had a title. Nice. Uh, in his name, so we're good. Nice. But you know, and then for back to the getting into the V8s starting out. Yeah. You know. When you, I remember you were building a 240 and then you decided to let go of that project because I remember you mentioning that the Mustang just kind of fell in your hands and you decided to run with it, right? Right. So if you want to, you know, touch on that a little bit and then kind of touch on how the LS ended up in there. Um, okay. For people who don't know, some people are kind of asking when I post yeah. the questions. I feel like, yeah, everyone has like goldfish memory and I, I feel like I've told this story like 50 million times. But I know I, it. I already know yeah. it, but it's like, <laughs> go ahead. I, I still tell it, you know, because I still get like random questions because I still even get the people that don't like don't know me at all. They're like, why is there an LS and a Mustang? But yeah, I was building. Because so I want to go fast. <laughs> yeah, I want to go fast. And I want to <laughs> go fast for cheap. <laughs> yeah, for a lot less. Yeah. So I had that S13 hatch that I was building. I fully caged and everything. And it was I was I was damn near about ready to start putting the uh, suspension components in it. 
the I just got done building the uh, LS motor for it. It was like complete motor. All I had to do is drop it in the car. I already had the transmission. Mm. And uh, my buddy hit me up. He's like, hey, dude, like, you know, you're into, uh, you know, Mustangs and stuff. And I was like, mm, not really, man. Like, and I was like, why? What's up? Cause I was, cause also on the side, I was kind of like flipping cars, like, you know, here and there. Um, hey, you got to make money. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, well, it wasn't like good, good money, but it was side money. Yeah. But, um, he's like, Hey man, I got this, this Mustang that was in a wreck. I was like, well, what kind of a wreck? He's like, well, you know, obviously front end damage, you know, it looks like someone went into a pole with it, but the rest of the car is like salvageable, but Hey man, you build like drift cars. Like, yo, this thing could be an easy, like drift car like all you got to do is just pull the struts over and you should be fine i'm like dude i i don't know I, i'm already tied up in this car and everything like and he's like here i'm gonna give you a really great deal on it. i was like okay what's this great deal he's like it runs it drives and it comes with a title i'm like okay what do you want for it he's like if you pick it up today a thousand bucks and instantly i was like okay well i can sell that motor for 500 bucks i could sell the trans for maybe another 500 bucks and then a couple of different components and get my money back as far as the interior goes and all that good stuff so i went and i picked it up not really planning on it being like the pro-am drift car but i picked it up brought it back here thinking i was kind of i was gonna flip it and i just started looking at it and i was like you know what if I'm going to take my my drift career seriously, I'm going to need a better marketable car. I was looking at the S13, then I would look at the Mustang. I'd look at the S13, then I'd look at the Mustang, and I just knew that the Mustang is going to be a more marketable car because, for one, it's newer, and then for two, you know, not to hate on the S chassis, guys. I love me an S13, S14, S15. I but don't. Everybody, I don't. <laughs> I'll make it clear. <laughs> not a fact. I'm over him. <laughs> Right, right. But, you know, I just sat there and I was like, if I'm going to do this with an S13, I'm going to look like everybody else, like completely like everybody else. Yeah, so, you just... I yeah, I just decided, to, you know, let's just hang up the S13 program. And I put the S13 up for sale on Craigslist. And subsequently, Jeff Jones is uh, one of his good buddies ended up buying it. And he ended up coming and picking it up, uh, you know, with him and everything. And uh, they took it. And then, yeah, then I just then I had to start caging a, a Mustang and I started caging the Mustang and then, you know, I already had the motor. I couldn't use the V6 that was in it. So I ended up parting all that stuff out, getting my money back for the car mm -hmm. and yeah, dropping the LS motor in it because I already had it done. Yeah. And then that's what people don't understand. It's well, like I already it, had it in my hands. Yeah. It's and plus, I mean, it's really common and even drag racing. There's so many dudes on the West coast and the East coast with like Fox bodies and like, yeah, F197s like mine that have LS motors. They got they got a Fox body with a what a junkyard 5.3, a 4L60, and an 8.8, .8, and they're good to go. Yeah, exactly. That, it doesn't on stock suspension. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's like I I I kind of my dad was like super into drag racing when I was a kid, and he's one of those guys who's like uh, he's like yeah my car's this fast it's not that fast <laughs> yeah he lies about his horsepower numbers. <laughs> oh that's oh, that, yeah and it and it's uh it's you know it's very different and uh you know when you get into like why are you guys going ls like i got that question quite a few times too when i had the bmw like oh why'd you do ls i'm like oh because i wrecked a car that had an ls in it and then i put it in this thing like people think i went and picked this motor out but 
you know, I just it was already in my hands. I built yeah. my I built that car around that motor. Right. So that's kind of how that worked. And then right. but if you can go in a little more detail, like what do you have on your Mustang? Like I know you have the five point three with the turbo. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, what cam do you have in there? What trans are you running? Um, what rear diff are you running? And um, you're still uh, a solid axle, so people are gonna have questions about that too. Yeah, I actually I get that. Um Sorensen uh dad over there, he asked me, he's oh, like Randy. Huh? Randy. Yeah, Randy. He Super asked cool me, dude. like, hey man, so uh how do you how you know what's it like drifting a solid rear axle? And basically I don't know life any different, like drifting wise. Like Yeah, I remember that. Because you're yeah, the other, the only other JDM car I've drifted was my buddy's R32, and that thing was right-hand drive. So that is the oh only- shit, that's talk about like a night and day difference. <laughs> yeah, and this wasn't like this was just kind of like some you know industrial park, like because he has a shop out in uh, City of Industry, and you know there's like a like a cul-de-sac where you can kind of do some donuts and kind of manji a little bit, but. Yeah. Uh, which that was super crazy. I couldn't get over the shifting pattern, but regardless, like I learned how to drift, like, you know, like really, really drift in a solid rear axle. And I've never known life any different. So if you were to put me in an S chassis or an E46 or whatever, I would literally kind of be not knowing what to expect. Um, but also just having a lot of drag racing background. Uh, I just kind of know like a lot of, geometry you know things with a solid rear axle what you can do to make the car looser or you know uh tighter um so it's kind of like technology i already know yeah same time it's kind of like you know why don't we just stick what we know for the time being and then if we get to a level where we need to be you know uh faster or whatever then we'll kind of look at you know different scenarios whether to stick with the solid rear axle and go like a winner's quick change and do some crazy, you know, camber toe adjustments into a solid rear axle because it's still possible to do that. Yeah, um, from my understanding, uh, Von Gittin Jr. had a fully adjustable solid rear axle setup. Yeah, there's a they they got a they got winners quick changes in them with um they it's like a because in NASCAR NASCARs they still pull toe and, and camber in those cars as well. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, so, and they machine the axles to have, like, instead of being completely, like, the axle itself, the shaft is, you know, straight, but where the splines are, they machine them in kind of, like, a round form. So that axle can actually be kind of crooked from the diff to the hub, Mm -hmm. and uh, you you need special hubs, and you need a center, uh, you know, a special spool to house that, Um, but it's all, you know, super expensive. Like, I got quoted from a company over here in Burbank, you know, like, 2800 bucks for a winner's quick change with you know toe and camber in it and i'm like well <laughs> i guess all that money's going into my other motor so i guess that's gonna... not bad uh you know what hang on one second dude i'm about to piss myself yeah no problem hey, give me give me pee break yeah handle yo sorry about that i had a pee and get more beer and then i left my damn air compressor on so i kept turning on in the garage Oh, crap. Oh, you're bearing it up? Man, dude, I'm like stuck with my Starbucks Frappuccino. I really wish I had a beer right now. That sucks. You know, you're so professional. (laughs) No. I think I'm like developing a weird like alcohol allergy, dude, because I'll have like two beers like one one night and then the next morning my my eyes are watering and my nose is watering. I'm just like, I don't get it. How do you? doesn't like alcohol anymore. 
How old are you now? 28. Huh. Yeah, that's what I said. That was like my drinking prime. Um, <laughs> it really was, dude. It's like lately, it's like, uh, like I'll have like a couple beers, and then if I don't drink a bottle, like a bottle of water before bed, I'll fucking hate myself in the morning. I believe it. I'm like, oh, why did I, why did I have three beers? But before, I used to kill like an 18 pack on a party oh, night. You cut out of me. You good now? Okay, now I can hear you. Yeah, but before I used to have like an 18 pack on like a party night, and you know, walk home the next morning, no problem. Oh, there you are. I lost you for like a split second. That's your Wi-Fi, buddy. It's my Wi-Fi. Are you on Wi-Fi? Because I'm plugged in directly to my internet, so I haven't had problems uh, for the last two windows. episodes. Huh? I said I haven't had a problem like connect connectivity issue for like two episodes. Yeah. It's been nice. It must be me. I'm like, because I'm on my phone too. I'm gonna shut my phone off. The oh. Wi-Fi. Maybe my phone's taking up Wi-Fi. Oh, sometimes it'll just do it. Like it kind of. It's just. Like, the best connection for it is just to, like, hook it straight in. Gotcha. Yeah. It's all right. I didn't, I didn't give you anything to prepare for. That's my <laughs> bad. <laughs> but. I know. Right for, when you mentioned Skype, I was like, oh, crap. I better sign up. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so, 2500 bucks for, is that a complete diff? And then you'd still have to um, fab it up in the car yourself, right? Yeah. Like, so, you'd still need to make, like, the brackets to, uh hook it up to all the links and hook it up to the car and everything. And what, then, are you four linked? Uh, the Mustang is a three link. So, and you can't, you didn't change anything that from factory, right? No, I basically, the only thing I changed that I'm allowed to change is relocate the, I can't change the, the link pivots on the chassis, but oh. I can change them on the rear end. So, I have what they call as relocation brackets on the rear end that move the link, uh, you know, X amount lower and it helps with anti-squat, but I can't change the actual like chassis. Gotcha. Okay. That's what I was making sure of. Yeah. That's how, that's how like the solid axle rules are. Yeah. And, and then you plan on staying solid axle. Yeah. Like, I mean, I got really, I mean, if I had the money to maybe get like an S550, that would be rad, like a new Mustang. Yeah. Get IRS, but <clears throat> even those that are like wrecked and stuff like that, I mean, we're still talking. Think the cheapest one I found was like four grand or five grand or and, something like that. And you're a Chevy guy, right? For the most part, from my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I know you drive a Silverado. Uh, I'm pretty sure Gramps is a Chevy guy. Yeah. I mean, I came like my whole family so, is all Chevy. We're all yeah, Chevy. So what's it like to betray your whole family? I. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, you know, it's funny. Like my grandfather kind of digs the Mustang. He's like, oh, you know, this thing's pretty cool. And he always kind of jokes around about, oh yeah, it's got the right engine plant and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, he's, yeah, he's my dad's age probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, and I didn't like, I've never really gotten into like the new Camaros. Like, I mean, I know Grim drives the new Camaro and like after seeing the way that thing works and like the way it works and the way it doesn't work and the way you know, it kind of functions. It was, it's kind of like, I don't know, like I, for one, I don't like the body. And then for two, I just don't like the way it looks. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to stick with the, uh, the Mustang. You know, if I was, uh, if I was to change chassis, I would definitely go like E46 or uh, I would please don't. possibly do like, you know, one of my buddies, he's got a, an E90 sitting around that I've been like super tempted to, Hey dude, I'll give you 500 bucks for that thing. <laughs> dude, if you can get an E90, that would be i would the only reason i say it's because it's a four-door and you know going from the e46 chassis the coupe to yeah, the cadillac which is a four-door 
or excuse me, he's got a he's got the coupe, so it's an E92. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I would probably jump on that. But you know, the E92, it's kind of been proven with um with Kristaps. Like you know, he ah uh, can't say it's been pro- the car is obviously amazing. Yeah. But uh, he kind of he's had some his his own issues. Right. But I think the most successful chassis chassis in fd or no the most successful chassis in fd is the 350z so really yeah uh tanner faust got two um chris forsberg got three and then what there's three 240 championships and everyone says like oh it's the most successful chassis Mm -hmm. and i'm like no it's probably the most affordable when everyone was driving them right right because Dye's got one in the S13, and then there's two with um, James Dean. Yeah, so, exactly. So I disagree I, strongly. <laughs> yeah, I disagree strongly. I mean, I really, in my opinion, like, I think the best drift chassis is an E46, like, hands down. It, like, I watch, like, I mean, you know, like, we all, we all watch drifting, and we mm-hmm. all study what everyone's doing. Like, the way I watch an e46 is like that thing is a freaking rocket ship they are like that's the in i mean i know like when i went up against uh you know rome you know i i mean well like i always my car was already firing on like six or seven cylinders so i already knew i was screwed but at the same time i told myself like dude his car's fast and it's not just fast because the engine it's fast because the chassis same thing if I'm going to go up against like an E46, I'm already prepared that if they run a if they run a good line, they're going to be fast and I can't let them drive away. Yeah. And, and then you still kind of have that racing heritage. Like yeah. Like you can't get away from me. Like that's Yeah. When it comes to drifting, it, you know, it it's there. Like I don't want someone to just walk me. Right. Then again, I'm not a I'm not a great driver. <laughs> but like I don't want someone to like just beat me off the line. Right. Yeah. Cause there's plenty of times where I've messed up so bad and I've let them like get like a head and it was just like, Oh man, we're going to have to pull angle here. We're going to have to, I'm already like thinking a million things in my head before I even initiated. It's like crap, you know, but it is what it is. Always. And then, you know, when you have, when you were building, like, let's, I want to talk about the inside of the car. Mm. Cause a lot of people kind of just let that roam free. What are you doing for the interior? Like, granted, you have a seat. That's fine. But, like, you know, where is your shifter positioned? And that's something I always want to talk about, like, shifter position and handbrake position. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your preference? Um, my preference is, let me see. My shifter is actually in the stock location of the actual uh, Ford Mustang chassis. So in the center. Yeah, like in the center. Um and believe it or not, I had to use a shifter relocation kit that is uh, for a T56 trans to go into a 350Z. It, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it moves the shifter six inches back from the actual location of where the shifter goes. And I had to utilize that to uh, make the shifter possible or make that trans possible in this chassis. Um, and then my handbrake is pretty much like in between the shifter and the steering wheel. Um in the Camaro, my handbrake is actually on the right side of the shifter. So I have to, I have a bigger distance in the Camaro than I do the Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the Mustang uh, because like I can handbrake and I can instantly transfer from the handbrake to the steering wheel or the shifter in really minute, uh, like a minute time frame. 
Okay. Um, I was setting up uh, the interior of the car. I was actually looking at uh, Christoph Blues's uh, E46 and his Zero Fighter, and just getting ideas. Like, there's there's so many ideas that I've gotten from uh, that car that I've kind of like utilized or changed myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I I mean him, and then and you know Osbo's, you know, like Stephen Papadakis, like those are two dude like engine builder dudes that like I idolize. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think what they do is phenomenal. And you know what I really appreciate about them? Is no one was there to tell them no. Right. No one stopped them from using their imagination and just going for it. And that's right. that's one thing. That's why I've learned why people don't fucking show anything as when they're doing a building. Because everyone will question it. Why are you doing it that way? Right. You know what I mean, and that's a big thing. So that's. Well, why I, I just like well when when you when you went on your little break really quick, I went on Instagram and I posted a little picture of like right now, like I'm working on the steam vents for my for my new engine. Yeah, I can't afford those. Well, I could, but I just don't want to. Right. <laughs> I'm cheap. But I freaking uh, I plumbed them. I plumbed it into the return on the water pump, and I already have like two people asking me why I'm putting it there. I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have just posted that anyways, because I'm just going to do it regardless what they think. <laughs> yeah. And like, just let like do the finished product and just see where it comes. Like, and that's like the big thing. It's like, man, I put it there because I fucking wanted to. Right. Well, like in one of them, the funny thing was one of them is actually my buddy, Derek, which is my spotter. That's all big 2JZ guy. I almost want to reply with like a dude. Do you even know what you're talking about? You're 2J. Like you ain't no LS guy. <laughs> yeah. Are you running a rear radiator setup? Yeah, rear radiator. Okay, and then you're still on a stock pump, a stock water pump, right? Stock mechanical pump, yes. But I did make some changes to the pump uh, this year because I still had the uh, stock thermostat in it. Um, the thermostat was modified. We drilled some holes um, in it just to help it bleed itself. Yeah. Um, this time, and then I on the heater hose, I did like a little that 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 U bend like hose. Well, this this time I 86 it, got that out, did a block off plate. Yeah, and, actually. Um, question i want to drop off my water pump to, okay for you to do that uh i'm gonna have two of them though because i'm gonna have one in a backup yeah not a bad idea yeah definitely i learned that last year yeah. um yeah i want to get that done and then because i'm gonna do the rear mount and then i planned on doing like dash 16 i seem like that seems to be like okay is that what you're running or what are you running if you don't mind me asking i want i don't know if my size is comparable to dash 16 maybe it is i'm not sure but i'm running inch and a half okay wait are you just running like a solid pipe and then with um just like tube i don't care like i'll do that if that's cheaper yeah it's so i'm running like it's a combination of like you know the rubber hose like the silicone hose and uh inch and a half aluminum tube so yeah. the majority of it is aluminum inch and a half and then uh, to make all like you know certain like certain bends like to the connectors, I got rubber hose. Yeah, no, no, no you have to. That's, I've seen a lot of people do it that way, and I that's great too. But I did just pick up an AN fitting sponsor. Ooh, Joe. Uh, hey yeah, man, that's, all you gotta do is ask these people. <laughs> apparently, yeah, not cheap, dude. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, apparently, there's a lot more than we think, and we only know about the ones we know of. Right. And that's what's crazy. And like I this this one came up on my Instagram, like as I uh, what was it, an ad? Mm -hmm. So I just clicked it, and I didn't even know what it was. I just clicked it. Like I just saw it was and lines, but I didn't realize I clicked and I clicked it, and it said become a uh, reseller. And I was like, yeah, what are they gonna tell me? No. So I clicked it, and then he's like, here you go. 
And then really? I was like, I was like, hey, I got this race car. You mind if I throw your uh, name on the car? He's yeah. like, not a problem. He's like, let me know when you're ready to order and I'll give you some stuff. And I was well, like, let me, well, let me ask you this. Like, I'm sure he asked what kind of car you were building, right? No, I sent him the whole deal. Like, what do you mean? Like my driver proposal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but also I'm sure like your proposal includes like what car you're driving. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. And you know Wait, what? Again. You... Go ahead. It, so it all comes down to like sponsors like i'm sure a sponsor is going to be like oh wow this dude is building a cadillac ctsv or cadillac for drifting like mm -hmm. holy crap this is this is super cool and you're going to get taken out of the stack of all the s13s s14s and e46s and just you know, because of the car even if it was a mustang it was the same effect because yeah. it's so obscure compared to what everyone else is drifting like everyone's drifting an e46 now Right. I mean, like three of my current sponsors, I feel like they sponsor like initially on like my inaugural season, obviously, like, you know, I'm in a car that's unproven and a driver's unproven, but they just wanted their decal on the car because it was a Mustang and mm -hmm. not an f -Mask. You know, and the same thing goes for me because I just picked up another wheel sponsor like for this season. Nice. So it's like, I don't know if they, they were just kind of giving them out, but I did send it to them and I was like, I saw another driver had them and I was like, holy shit, those are badass. They weren't yeah. the same wheel, but they offered a different wheel that I really liked. So right. I was like, "Those are badass. Let me, let me just shoot them a message and see if they're they'd be on board." And they're like, "Hey, we're down. Like, we like your car. We definitely want to work with you." And it's just, yeah. and the car is helping. And then the fact that, like, in my driver's proposal, I don't know how everybody else is set up, but I do have like a short bio. It just says like, "Hey, my name's Gerald. Last year, you know, I was driving. Shit went south." I put my car into the wall and now I'm building a new car for this season. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, okay. So he's not just giving up and walking away. So yeah. I don't know if that's how they see it. That's just what I assume. That's how I would look at it. Yeah, um, or absolutely. at least then again, that, that vision of it is, um, is biased as well. So, yeah. you know, people don't have a driver's proposal and I think it's build the car and they'll come. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, people think that, like, just because you're building a car is, you know, they're going to be flocking to you. And it's, no. like, fortunately, it's quite the opposite. You almost have to, like, build the car first. Another thing is that a sponsorship doesn't mean you're getting free stuff. No. <laughs> no. Thank you. Yeah. It, yeah. It could, it's discounted, sometimes heavily discounted, sometimes not heavily discounted. It just depends on what it is. But, you know, it's something to add to what you already have to put on your proposal. Like, hey, I'm already backed by these companies. Right. Why don't you come on board too? It's just it's more of an incentive for somebody else to be like, you know, they're backing them. Let's let's give them a shot. Right. Well, even too like uh, <clears throat> my my sponsor last year and also my current sponsor this year, uh, one of them is KRC Power Steering. Mm -hmm. now, last year I was battling like multiple like steering issues that mm -hmm. actually come to find out in the beginning I was overheating the pump because I didn't have the right cooler. That was my fault, not the company's fault. Um, and then later finding out the root cause of the problem was a mechanical flaw that was actually also my fault. Um, so it had nothing to do with them, but this, that whole year we were going back and forth, phone calls back and forth, trying to figure out what it was. And not once did I ever ask for a sponsorship. I paid for everything full retail price. And then, uh, you know, I, but at the same time I was like, you know, I was posting up their product. I was hashtagging it. Every single picture of the car, I made sure to put, you know, at KRC, you know, power steering or hashtag KRC power steering. I was sending them pictures. I was sending them, 
you know, updates after the event. And literally, I want to say by like round two of like the Drift League, because I did Top Drift and I did the Drift League. I think by like round two of the Drift League, Mm -hmm. the head marketing dude like gave me a call. He's like, hey, man, I really think it's cool what you're doing. And I see that, you know, you've been, you know, really pushing on, you know, your stuff or our stuff on your Instagram. Like, hey, let's go ahead and let's let's give you uh, let's set you up with like a wholesale account. Yeah. I was like, and what? that's all it takes is because yeah, you believe like, in their product, right? Right. Yeah. But Same also, thing I did with Drift Knuckles. They're on board this season. Yeah. So I think it's like, you know, you got to you got to give more than you receive. And like, I think, you know, even like I was talking to uh, the main marketing manager for uh, Race Pack. He's one of a good buddy of mine. And, you know, we came from the drag racing world from junior drag racing and one time me and him, we sat down and we had lunch together and he was talking to me about some people that send him some of these sponsorship uh, proposals are absolutely like ridiculous. Like he's had a proposal that literally starts off with, hey, bro. That's, like, yeah. And then when, you know, if it's, I don't know. No, I don't think even if it was a friend that I knew owns a business, like I do have one. Right. I wouldn't just come let come to him like that and he's on board this season i was never hey bro right yeah i was like hey i want to talk to you about something are you interested you know i got some stuff i want to send you you know let's talk a little bit you know but it wasn't like yo bro are you getting drunk tonight like it's just kind of right you kind of got to maintain that professionalism even if it is a buddy or even if it was like i mean i remember my like little little very very brief experience of like when i had like you know my other business like off-grid engineering and i was you know focused on doing engines and selling car crap and you know whatever and i remember getting a couple of guys wanting to sponsor me and like they were like all they all ever said was oh yeah we got so many followers and we're gonna get you so much business and we're gonna this and we're gonna that and it was kind of like i did that for one guy and it ended up just being a big, complete waste of my time and money. And I just told myself I'd never do that again. But, you know, I, I had to learn the hard way, you know. But unfortunately, but I learned to also be on that end of the spectrum. You know, like, what am, you know, like, if I sponsor this kid, like, what is going to be my return? Like, why am I sponsoring this kid? So, you know, you got to, you know, step in their shoes, too, from, you know, the experience that I've gotten. And I agree with that because I don't think anybody's getting much right. you know, from these people that are giving us stuff, even if it's at like a discounted price. Like, I think that's their safest bet to not, you know, maybe they're not making a as much as they could off of us, you know, because granted, we're probably going to buy it anyways. Right. You know, some of the shit we just need. So, yeah. you know, and it's just like, really, these companies, they, it kind of sucks for them because this at least how I see it, like. There's really no ROI. There's not much. Right. You know, it's like I'm just some pro-am guy. And, you know, granted, there's there's guys who have like 50,000 followers right. on Instagram. And that's cool. But what's the percentage of those followers that are actually going to purchase a product? Right. Yeah. Which is like another like, you know, I start like I started to kind of like delve into not looking at just like auto parts or even custom auto part uh like companies like or like sponsorship i mean you know, if you really like look at some of the companies like i mean um what was it like this sparkling water company sponsored a full-blown top fuel team top fuel drag racing team and it's 
you know, sometimes it's not just all about, you know, auto parts, you know, sometimes, you know, other, you know, companies want to get into like, you know, motorsports because they feel that that certain people that watch that certain motorsport, that's their, uh, whatchamacallit, their, um, you know, their, their market, you know, that there's yeah. a certain vendor and a certain type of people that watch that motorsport also buys their product. Like if somebody in, like there's, okay, not to, not to get off topic with you, but like, just because we're talking about sponsorships, the yeah. guy that's coming on next week, mm-hmm. he just got signed by uh, Rainier Beer, at the basically the same people who make PBR, which I'm drinking uh, right uh, now. And he's just a pro-am guy. Like, that's that's what it takes to get in. Like, this guy, I don't know what his deal was, but, like, he just brought that in to the drifting community as far as I'm concerned, as far as, as long as I've been into it. You know, and he brought it to a pro-am level. Like, right. Imagine what's left. Right. So. Yeah, well, well, just like, have you ever heard of the company called uh, Cliff Bar? Yeah. Yeah, well, like, I sent them a proposal. I didn't get I didn't get anything back. I really wish I would have at least got an email of, hey, man, we're not interested, but I'm hearing crickets on their end. But regardless, like... And that's I, the thing. It's a cold yeah. email, right? Huh? It's a cold email. Yeah, it it's was like a... There's, there's no... There's none of that... Yeah. You didn't meet him somewhere. You didn't accidentally meet somebody who worked at Cliff or anything like that. And you started talking like that's a cold email. That's a lot of what everyone does. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you got to do the cold calls. You got to do the, you know, cold emails. And also if you got resources, you got to utilize every single one, but you won't know until you like try. Like, for example, like I sent out probably a total of like 150 to about 200 emails just in like sponsorship proposals in the last, I don't know, shit, probably three, four months span. And as of right now, I only have pretty much like five or maybe like six, you know, sponsors on my program, on my program this year. And not one of them is, is funding my program, but they are helping me out with uh you know obviously like product and you're saving money and that's and that's the biggest thing for me is i i'm i'm okay with spending the money if i can get the product yeah and if i can get the product backed like if i break something if i initially have to buy the first one i'm okay with that right but are you gonna back me up when i break it because we all know i drive like shit and i'm gonna break it so like (laughs) Well, regard, regardless of who we are, like, yeah, we're possibly going to break crap. Like KRC, it's like now, like, yeah, like the first two pumps I bought off of them, I bought it full retail. But now, you know, I can send them back to Norm and be like, hey, Norm, I think we blew up a pump, man. I mean, it's, it's on your way. Like, hey, do, you know, do they rebuild pumps? Oh, yeah, dude. They're the ones that manufacture the pump. You know what? I need mine rebuilt. I might send it to them. Yeah. That, like, uh, oh, like an actual, like, factory pump? Maybe. Um, You should, I don't know, hit them up. Only one way to find out. I mean, yeah, there's only one one way to find out. Give them a call. They're all the way in. Um, uh, the state escapes me. Uh, they're in uh, Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll send it to like, fucking Egypt if I have to. Yeah, they're like 30 minutes away from like freaking Atlanta, like the actual road Atlanta track. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I so. might have to. Mine's, uh, mine's been wobbling since I took it out of the first Cadillac. Ah, gotcha. And I drove the shit out of it all last year, so <laughs> we'll see. No, and then you know, people just think they they kind of think that they're gonna get something for free because they have so many followers, but that doesn't mean, necessarily mean that companies are gonna want to work with them. 
Right. Well, like, or the other thing is people think like, oh, well, you know, Josh, why are you running those, you know, shitty XXRs like on your car? And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know something was wrong with us. Right. It's like, okay, well, for one, I really like those XXRs. And then for two, they look good on the car. They're cheap when they when you break them and they fit on the car. And then on top of that, like, hey, XXR, I bought four wheels off of them like prior to a sponsorship. And then once I told them about my program and I wrote up a really good proposal and everything that I offered, you know, to them and everything that I completed with them last year, they gave me, you know, eight free wheels for free. Yeah. When someone's like, oh, you know, why didn't you get, you know, works wheels? It's like, oh, because works didn't want to give me eight free wheels. Are you paying for this? Yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, you want to give me a check that I can give to Weld so I can get some Weld wheels too? Like, for sure. <laughs> oh, I would totally run Welds if I could afford them. That's why I wanted to run the XXRs because they look... Even, even on a partial gig. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, I just, there's just something about Welds on an American car. It just, yeah. just go together. Yeah, like, they looked really good on JTP's car. I, when, yeah. he went to, when he went to Ford Star, I was like, ah, why? Yeah. And the the crazy thing is, like those wheels, dude. They're they are fucking expensive. Feather, well, yeah, they're expensive, but they're also like feather light. Are they really? Dude, they are insanely been... light. Like it's stupid. What are they made out of? Just solid aluminum. They're billet aluminum. They are billet. Okay. They yeah. are for sure billet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they're... it's like a, I think it's like uh they're one piece billet, so it's like a whole solid billet chunk that they literally machine down to a wheel, like the lip and the spokes and everything. That's fucking nuts. But the only thing is, though, like those, they get bashed up really easy. Like you barely look at them wrong, and they'll get dented. So I don't know for I know for a fact that dude gets a lot of replacements. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine those those things. And then uh, especially since JTP, because he drives like a fucking madman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's probably banging them up all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> but you know. To go back into more pro-am talk, um, for you, because you came from a different background, you came from a motorsports background, some people aren't, and some people don't have a clue as to what they're doing, so they don't, like, the slightest clue, you know, even looking in for, like, an engine swap or where to start. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, where would you start? And I know, the, I know the route you took. Right. But where would you start if... You know, if you were to do it all over again, where would you start? Like what? Like if I was just if I was to to get into pro am, I'm not talking about getting into drifting. We already know you're you could if you have a real fucking drive car, go drifting. Sorry, right. it's not hard. Go. Yeah. Um, but where would you start had, for a pro am? Like no, if I had like no motorsports knowledge and I like I didn't have a shop and you know. Is that is that what the I'm just trying to like yeah 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 if you didn't have a shop like if you didn't and then we'll get into that you know if you didn't have the knowledge you did if you didn't know how to fabricate shit you know yeah. granted you may do it wrong once twice right. but you learn from that so but let's say you didn't have any of that knowledge like what would what 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 resources would you use to get into drifting like to get into competitive drifting to go to pro am well like see that's where I believe that. You know like us like in this year 2019 as humans like i'm gonna kind of quote gary v here uh you know we live in the i want to say like the best 
era of our like human race just because of the information that is basically you know given to us you know via youtube or social media or you know yeah social internet internet yeah just just the freaking internet in general like back when my grandfather and his you know buddies were building race cars and drag boats and shit like that there was one auto parts store if that and there was no summit there was no jegs there was no youtube like it was pretty much a Hey, we're in a barn here, or we're in a backyard. We got a couple of pieces of steel and uh, a car battery and some jumper cables for a welder and a couple of tools. Let's have at it and build a race car and go race. Nowadays, you know, we're we're freaking we're spoiled. We got Jegs, we got Summit, we got YouTube to teach us how to weld and make a cage and build a race car. Like building a car to me is ten times easier than it was forty or fifty years ago. Um, I really hand it off to those dudes that do it. So, um, with that being said, if I, if I was starting all over and I wanted to, you know, drift in pro-am and I knew nothing about building cars or welding or whatever, I would first off, you know, go to my friends that possibly have some knowledge or, you know, maybe like intern at like a, a fab shop or whatever, see what kind of knowledge I can get from there. If all else fails and none of that worked, I would just literally just research my ass off like on YouTube videos and Google and, you know, all that stuff. Because I still I do that stuff today. If I don't know something, I don't the first place I go is literally Google or YouTube before I even call someone. I'll research something. And if it seems right, I'll do it. If it doesn't seem right, that's when I'll call up my buddy Derek or I'll call up uh, my other buddy and then just try and confirm so, uh, I mean, just use the res. We have so many great resources. I just say utilize the internet. I agree. And I, I, I'm really glad you said that. Because some people, which is why I hate people, they'll ask well, the same question and they know that what the Google is there. Well, for some is- reason, it's rocket science. There's this big void in between the question that needs to be answered and then the internet. Like when people ask me like, you know, like a very, like my mom the other day, my mom asked me, I forget what the question was, but it was, it was something I absolutely knew nothing about. I straight up told her, mom, I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And she's like, well, you usually you're really good at knowing this kind of stuff. I'm like, mom, I don't know. Google that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like GTS it like right now. Like, you know, I wish I was your son that knew everything, but your son doesn't know everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just simple things like that. Some people are like they're skeptic about the internet, right? Like not everything you read on the internet is true. No shit, asshole. Right, and and, and that's and that's true. But you got to like take the internet with a grain of salt. You know, you can't assume that everything is a hundred percent right. Which is why when I research, like just recently, I had to research like plumbing for the LS steam vent lines. I heard you can't do it because of this. And then I heard something that completely contradicts that that says you can't do it because of this. And it was just like, okay, well, let's try and make this up in my own mind of like, you know, hey, I get what this guy's saying. I get what that guy's saying. But why don't we delve a little bit more until we can kind of get a uh, like a 70-30 observation versus like, you know, 50-50. So that's basically... What I try to do. And then, like, let's say that drilling into the water pump doesn't work. You can just cap that off. Exactly. It's exactly. not a big deal. Like, people are so shitty about that. Like, right. why did you do this? Like, 
because I'm trying to fucking do something different and see if something works. No one said they tried it. I'm trying it. Fuck right. Off. Right. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll hear somebody out. I won't instantly, like, I, I see, I used to, like, shut everybody out. I used to be like, I know everything. And Same. <laughs> Same. You know, I used to be, like, super, you know, and sometimes I kind of get like that and I have to catch myself and kind of have to, you know, slow my roll here. But now I'll listen, like I'll value someone's opinion and I'll, you know, I'll value their input, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that I'm going to take their advice. And run with it. Yeah. It just, you know, just, just cause I I'm hearing you doesn't mean I'm listening. Right. Like if Steven Papadakis called me and said, Hey bro, you're, you're fucking up and you're making a mistake. I'm going to listen to Steven Papadakis, but I'm not going to listen to, you know, Eric 32 Yahoo in Tennessee about how to do something. Yeah. I I think I have to agree with that because chances are he tried that. Like, I don't know what that guy in Tennessee tried. Like I know who Stefan Papadakis is. Or like the other thing that I get is like, I've been getting a lot of questions about Milestar tires. Like, in my opinion, I tell everyone, like, I love Milestar tires. I ran Acelera for a long time. Uh, an Acelera tire uh, piece almost, like, came through the cabin of the car and probably knocked my head off one time. And ever since then, I was skeptical about those tires. And then that's when I, I got onto Milestar, ran Milestar. They wear good. You know, they're, they're, it's just a great tire. Um, but then a lot of people ask me, oh, well, you know, how grippy are they or how long do they last? And I'm like, well, you guys still need to remember that I'm a solid rear axle. Everyone that asks me all these questions is all IRS. So they're asking the wrong person. Yeah. So I don't want to, yeah, for one, they're asking the wrong person. And then for two, I don't want to tell them like, you know, to have this expectation. It's going to make your car 10 times faster and it's this and that. And then they go and they put them on their IRS car and then now they're not gripping or they're not this or they're not that. Yeah. So I just tell everyone like, Hey, you know what? Your car's different than mine. Just get a set. Just, just get a set. They're, they're affordable. Even on a non-sponsorship level. Yeah. They're so affordable. Yep. Go out, take them on a test day and compare them with whatever you're currently running and then make your own observation, you know? Yeah. So, you hot, know, uh, hot lap them. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like hot lapping. Like yeah. I melt the shit out of my tires when I hot lap them. Yeah. Cause people forget that like, you know, being a solid rear axle, I'm basically, I have uh, a whole bunch of less um, sprung weight than like an IRS car that has a whole bunch of sprung weight. You know, your coilovers are carrying your diff and your axles. My whole diff and axle is not being carried, you know, by the car, you know? So it's like, it's so different when people ask me like wear pattern and like all that stuff. I'm like, dude, I, I want to tell you, but I like, I can't cause you can't, it's non-comparable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I have apples. You're asking me to tell you how it's going to work on your orange. It's, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's not going to work. Hey, like the majority of the, the drifting um, community has a 240 and I'm so glad that they're starting to weed out. Um, yeah. But that's like a better person to ask. And, you know, chances are someone's actually ran them. And, I, and if I'm not mistaken, you're the only person that ran the Milestar last year, right? Uh, not that I didn't have anything against them. I just didn't. I had bought my tires already for the season. Right, right. Yeah. And plus, I was kind of the guinea pig of everyone. Like, I remember the, I, 
you know, even though I didn't really talk to too many people, but I kind of like, you know, people talk and like, you can kind of everyone over their shoulder, like, okay, so Josh is on the mile stars. Let's see how he does. <laughs> Got to um, third yeah, with a so, broken car. Yeah. With a broken car all so, year practically. But, that's, um, that has a lot to say. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just, uh, I was kind of the Guinea pig. And then now, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit of people, I mean, I can count probably, four or five people already hit me up on Instagram about those tires. And, you know, I've been, I've been telling them good things, but also I'm telling them, Hey, just, you got to try them first, you know, cause my car is different than yours. And, uh, I think last year, Chris Jones ran a, a mile stars in either round three or round four. Um, he drives the orange S 13 coupe. The yeah. Chris Jones. Yeah. The, the orange S 13. Cause I remember during round three, he asked me if I had any spares after I wrecked my car. And I did, I had a whole bunch of spares. Um, so he was running them round three. I don't know if he ran them during round four. As far as anybody else, I don't think anybody else is running Milestar other than me and Chris Jones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I ran, um, Federals for round one. Gotcha. And you got them through Chris. Yes. I got him through Chris. Okay. And then um I just I remember I was on a I I ran one pair of Achilles, the ATR Sport Twos. Uh huh. And the price different wasn't much. And I just remembered I was able to drive my car the way I wanted to on the Achilles. Okay. So I was like, I just gotta stick with the Achilles. Yeah. It was just it's it may have not been like a great way to do it, but it was just something like the car allowed me to drive it the way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like super confident in the car until, you know, round four, I broke a stupid axle in the gear in the fucking burnout box. Uh, I heard a clunk mm -hmm. and I was like, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I pulled to the line and then put it into the wall. So, oh. you know, it's just, it's just little things like that. But that, but the tires, I was really allowed to drive that car the way I wanted to. And it was, I was getting really comfortable with it. Like at round three, before my alternator died, I was like, I'm going to qualify today. There's no way in hell I'm not. I was so comfortable in the car. I was riding the walls. And that's what I, I remember. I remember you driving somewhat in during round three. And I remember, I think I came up to you and I was like, yo, dude, like you're, you're looking real good today. Like, you know, like I just seen, it was like a massive like night and day like difference it was kind of like who is this dude is this still gerald <laughs> yeah yeah and i remember jeff uh just when uh jeff jones uh his first time at the round he was like hey you're doing really good he's like but you're fucking up in the middle he's like figure something out and then um and it's funny because jeff will just give it to you how he sees it like he i, right. I really respect that yeah. He goes, you're doing, he's like in the center section. He's like, I don't know what you're doing. He's like, figure it out. He's like, but you're on the walls perfectly. You're coming in on the wall. I was like, all right, cool. Figure it out. So I figured it out. And then my alternator died. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was a bummer. And then I was like, I can't chance, you know, wrecking the car with the battery dying, right. you know, halfway or the car shutting off halfway through the bank and me going to the wall. <laughs> so I shut it down for the day. And then, you know, round four happened with a new <laughs> alternator. <laughs> but those were stock those were stock axles and i drove the shit out of that thing and it finally broke Dang, that's you crazy know, german engineering hey they lasted that long so i wasn't bitching but you know if the car wouldn't have broke you know if the car wouldn't wouldn't have totaled the way it did i would have still stayed in the car i would have just fixed whatever was broken i would have stayed in the e46 no problem 
Right. Um, but I just saw kind of like an opportunity to get in something I really loved and to bring my own style to drifting and to kind of have that. And like, that's what a lot of drifting is, is to bring your own style. And so I was like, yeah. fuck it, I'm bringing the Cadillac. And I right. remember you said, you're like, uh, you're like it, they, you know, uh, maybe probably not the greatest idea, Yeah, but we'll I, see. I was, I like, I mean, I remember saying like, dude, like, I don't know, dude, E46, it's, it's a proven chassis. But then I kind of like, I was very one-sided in that whole like observation of what I said. And then later when I like thought about it and when I actually seen the car that you picked up, that's when it kind of like, it hit me. It was kind of like, wow, like, you know what? It's cool that he's doing his own thing and he doesn't care what anybody says. Like he's just at the end of the day, he wants to go out and drift and he's going to do it in a car that he wants to go out and drift regardless of what anyone says. And you know what? That's cool. And I respect that. And then on top of that, I thought about, you know, my Mustang. Like I, it made me think of like, you know what? When I brought the Mustang to the table, sponsors attracted to that. Exactly. Same with you, you know, sponsors are going to see like, oh, wow, this dude's coming out in like a Cadillac. Like, holy crap. Like, yo, let's put our name on the car. I had, you know? I had one sponsor last year and that was VMR wheels. And now like, just the car's not even done yet and like there's four on board with me yeah see so, so and that's just right now so like that's not to say that somebody else might come on board later because i haven't given everybody i haven't sent everybody my proposal because i'm not ready to to buy those parts yet so let's say if i'm not ready then i'm not going to send them a proposal because i don't want to waste their time right but like oh i'll buy them in may <laughs> they're gonna be like no like i'll <laughs> be forget about you in a month right but with that like what I do want to touch on is somebody who's building their car in their own garage, somebody who does have a little bit of mechanical background, somebody who does kind of, you know, maybe they don't know how to weld well, mm-hmm. but they're willing to learn. Like, what what do you suggest? Do you suggest just watching YouTube videos and practicing every day? Do you suggest, which is, is that a video you would be willing to make for your viewers? I, you know, I've had that someone happen. has asked, hang on, I got to put his name out there because I don't want to be an asshole and not do it. <laughs> you know, hang on. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. It's like three. Uh, it says uh, Dylan with Annie. Okay. Uh, where'd you learn to weld? And if you could do some YouTube videos on welding, like, is that something you would do? And, and to touch on that, don't just do a video. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. No, just go ahead, say it. Just say it. It's just something. Oh. It's something I, you know, not just a video of how to weld. Uh-huh. What about when you're doing something wrong? Oh, like, what okay. if I have the wire speed too high? What if I have it too hot? What if I have it too cold? Things like that. Something like that will really show me, like, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. Yeah. If you have a welder, like I just bought one, mm-hmm. you know, do it this way. Put it on too hot, so you know when it's too hot. Put it on too cold, so you know when it's too cold. Put the speed too fast, put the p- speed too slow. Just different thing, different mistakes that can be made to show yeah. somebody how to weld. And I think that's something that would kind of... reference. Yeah, so someone has like a reference of, oh, like I have the machine turned too hot or what. Like they, they can visually see what it looks like instead of yeah. them and then just guessing whether it's like hot or cold. I totally understand. Um, I've always, you know... It's funny because I've had a couple of people like ask me like to do like a how to like, you know, weld video and stuff like that. And I've been kind of putting it off because I don't know how I would like I had this idea in my head. How am I going to like film the actual puddle like, you know, behind like another welding helmet? Like would I put the camera behind another welding helmet or whatever. 
and I think it's not because I don't want to do it. It's just because if I hadn't figured out like the, the technical end of it, I guess you can say, but I mean, who knows, maybe I can kind of just say, screw it. And just kind of like, just do a very basic video of like what I think and what I've learned. And like, yeah, like that, you know what, uh, it was, you know, it's great suggestions and great, um, input that, of your saying what I should do and everything. It's fantastic. Um, you know, yeah, maybe I can do, you know, some stuff like that. Cause you know, I, I do want to give back to the community and somewhat as far as teaching people, you know, little things here and there that I've learned over the years. Yeah. And then it's like, some people are going to buy their, their, um, their welders from Harbor Freight. Yeah. It's just going to happen. And I think that's just kind of something that might help. Cause I was really looking into, um, a Harbor Freight welder. Yeah. But it, it was like a multi-process welder and it. And I thought it was great. It looked What's, what, how can I say this? Like, okay, so it wasn't today's Miller, mm-hmm. but it was yesterday's Miller. Right. Which is still a good welder. That's it, but it, you know, that's just kind of the best way I can put it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, but I ended up with a, a Lincoln 180. Okay. So, Lincoln. yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're great, but I don't know anything about them. Like, I wasn't doing a whole bunch of research. I just thought I found a good deal. Mm-hmm. So I jumped on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like, regardless, like at the end of the day, like, you know, you got the welder, you got the setup. Now it's like, it's all, all is a matter of is just finding some scrap metal and just welding shit together, you know? And then just keep figuring it out. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that too. Trial and error. See, like I first started learning how to weld when I was like 13 years old. Cause I thought, you know, cause I was watching Jesse James and that's a monster garage. Motorcycle was all that, all that shit going on. And I remember being 13 years old and saying in my head, I want to be the next Jesse James. So I turned to my grandfather. I was like, Hey grandfather, I want to learn how to weld. So he's like, all right. You know, so they went out and he bought me a welder. And then I just started sticking shit together into the shop. And uh, the funny thing is that welder that he bought me, like, I don't like almost, I can't do math off the top of my head, but I know it's way more than like 10 years ago. Like, Wow, like more than 15 years ago, I still have that welder today, and that is the same welder that I even uh, welded your cage in with, welded my Mustang's cage with, did the Camaro's cage with, and also is going to do my um, Pro 2 cage. Like, that welder has (laughs) been in the days. (laughs) And then just to touch on that real quick, like, okay, so you had the, you had at your expense rather to tell your grandpa like hey i would like a welder and your grandpa had the means to go get you one yeah okay so you and i didn't have the same upbringing because we grew up not to say that you grew up rich but there was no way in hell my dad was buying me a welder like we were fucking poor yeah and then we got into the industry we're in now and like that's the thing is you know you don't have to have the best welder you can buy a, a cheaper welder no. Yeah. It's like, like, honestly, I want it. That, that's just what you were given. Like it just, yeah. it just fell yeah. in your hands. But I mean, regardless, regardless whether I received a Miller or I received a Lincoln or I received a Harbor Freight welder, exactly. I, didn't, I honestly, I just didn't care. I just wanted to you learn. You just how knew to you were going to learn how to use that machine to the best of its ability. And yeah. the fucked up part is your welds on my cage. I cut the doorbells out before I, I sent it off to the um, scrapyard. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's what I'm using to try to weld in the back half of my new cage. Cause the back half that was done to it, uh-huh. uh, I just didn't like it. So I was like, I'm cutting this out and redoing it. Um, like those, those welds are what I'm going off of. So if they don't look like that, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
And I know they're not going to. It, it's just not yeah. going to. There's no way in hell. Like, you know, yeah. you weld really well, and then you also have a good machine that, you know, that's it's not hurting you. Sorry, I lost, I lost it for a split second again. No, like, the, the machine isn't hurting yeah. your welds. You know what I mean? Right. But then again, too, like, I mean, my machine, even the machine that I have, like, here at the shop, my MIG, that thing still isn't, like, the... It's not the, like a Miller 252 because like a 252 will weld completely different from like a uh, 210 that what I have here. Um, but regardless, like, uh, you know, I, I was in Harbor Freight the other day. Like buy, I'm always in Harbor Freight. Like, dude, my whole toolbox for my hot pit for the Drift League is literally $400 full of Harbor Freight tools. Like I'm yeah, not even. Because if you lose one of those, I don't care. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like lose it, break it. It's easily replaceable. And while I was in there, I started looking at their welders because I was like, wow, they're really stepping up like their welding. Did you you s- know. Okay. Did you see the orange one? Yeah. They're bad. That's what I was looking at, dude. It's like a thousand bucks. It's a multi process welder. I was like, fuck, I need this thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's affordable and it looks like pretty decent. I think I like looked up a couple of YouTube uh, videos on it because I was like, yo, that would be really cool to have like a. You know, a at, welder that can use as like a backup at, at here the, at the shop or, or at, at the track. The track. Like yeah. if somebody breaks something, like, you know, you got a welder. Apparently it's like a, the Vol- the one I was looking at was the Vulcan Omni Pro 220. And apparently it's like a decent MIG welder. I don't know how the TIG is. No one really kind of like. Oh, I lost you for a second. The uh, the Vulcan Omni Pro 220, the, the highest end one, the multi-process yeah, yeah. one. Apparently that one's like a great MIG welder. Really? But I didn't see the TIG on it. Gotcha. So I was like, because I kind of wanted to have just the option. I didn't, you know, I know I'm not going to fucking TIG weld probably ever. But just to have that option at my fingertips is nice. Yeah. It's actually, in my opinion, it's best to like have like a separate like welder, like have like a dedicated MIG and then have like a dedicated TIG. I I agree. Because I've never really had like any very good success or like any, you know, anything spectacular when it came to like multi-process like welders. I've heard the same thing that they're not the greatest at at anything. (laughs) They are just a welder. They're really not, dude. Like, yeah, either either get one or the other. I would say start out with MIG. You already got MIG, so, you know. Yeah, I might do a TIG later down the road. Yeah, and everyone's... See, that's another thing. I learned how to weld very backwards. So, like, when my grandfather did buy me that welder, like, you know, being 13, 14 years old, it was like I was welding up bicycle parts and, you know, whatever. Um, but it was something to practice on. But I learned, I learned how to MIG first before I learned how to TIG. And everyone that's like a you know, quote unquote professional welder always told me like, Oh no, you were supposed to learn TIG first and then learn how to MIG. And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I hate when people tell you you're supposed to do something. I hate that. Right. right. Just like, let fucking people learn. Right. Like if I'm going to like, if I'm going to say something, it's going to be like my opinion, but I'm not going to tell someone to do anything unless I know for sure that I literally fucked up doing that same exact thing. And that they yeah. need to stop because I'm saving them hours or, hundreds of dollars of grief <laughs> exactly sometimes thousands that that's when that's when josh will step in and and tell someone <laughs> yeah and it's some people are hard-headed like myself yeah. and some people yeah some people will listen some people won't and i'll just well whatever they guys guess i gotta learn the hard way <laughs> yeah. and, and so last year was your first pro-am season right yeah last year was my first pro-am i started Which in top drift and then 
I, yeah, I stopped. I don't even, I think I only went to like round one and round two. Yeah, round one and round two. And then that's when like I was having so many steering problems. Like I couldn't even qualify. Um, like I didn't even qualify round one. I didn't even qualify round two. And I decided, all right, we need to fix this thing. I didn't even make it to round three. I remember at round one. Happened. I remember at round one in our in our driver's meeting. And then uh, Taka was like, who's in the Mustang? You're like, me, why? I'm He's sorry, like, you cut out of me. Uh, in round one at Just Drift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in our driver's meeting, Taco was like, hey, who's in the Mustang? And you're like, uh, me. He's like, you're killing it. Don't stop. <laughs> and, oh. then, and then he's like, everyone everyone else? Sorry, cut out on it Oh, you ruined it. I ruined it? You ruined it. I was I was talking about see, it. Oh, man, you keep cutting out on me. I hate this right now. I know. I, Taco was talking nicely about you at round oh, yeah. one. I remember, yeah, Taka, like, uh, yeah, he, I think he, it was, like, one, there was one run that, like, for some reason, the car was just, it was just working right, and I felt good, and, like, yeah, I remember he kind of, like, used me as, like, an example, but then, like, after that in qualifying, I just dropped the ball, because, like... That's how that works. Hey, you know what? Speaking yeah. of qualifying, where's your head at during qualifying? That's a question I like to ask everybody. It's just, like, do you get nervous? Do you not give a shit at all? Do you get... Do you think about it a little bit and then it goes away? Like, what's your what's your deal on the qualifying? I'm like, I I it's dude, it's such a like a wave of emotion. It's like I go through a straight full blown roller coaster. Uh huh. I say like when I'm in the hot pit and I'm just chilling, watching everyone else qualifying, I'm like super comfortable. I'm super laid back. You know, I'm just you know not really thinking too much. Um, as soon as I start getting in the car, suiting up. Um, I'm still a little bit cool. And then as soon as I get in line, uh, you know, I start feeling it a little bit. I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, right before I get into the burnout box, I'm full blown. Like I want to, like, I'm having an anxiety attack. Uh, drums or bombs are coming from the, the, the sky and everything. I'm freaking out. I do my burnout, and as soon as I pull up to the line, I just kind of, I just say a little prayer, and I just think to myself, like, hey, not everyone gets to be in this in this place. Um, you know, be fortunate and be thankful, and just, hey, whatever happens, happens. Just go out there and have fun, and I'm completely fine. Hmm. I respect that. I like that. Um, you know, yeah. mine's, mine's similar. Um, after the burnout, it goes away. Yeah. But when I'm getting ready to do the burnout, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. I'm right there with you. It's because of fucking Brian. <laughs> uh, you know Beam Team Brian, right? Yeah. Yeah. That asshole at round one came up to me of of Just Drift and was like, I was next in line to, to go stage for qualifying. He's like, uh, hey, are you nervous? I was like, I fucking wasn't until you said anything. <laughs> Dude, I was so mad. <laughs> He's going to be on next month, so. That's fine. I'm going to bring that shit up. <laughs> beam team brian i think he's like he i think i don't know if it was beam team tyler or beam team brian that messaged me just not too long ago about milestar tires he's the reason i went to kansai wheels oh really yeah i think i hope i said that right i like those wheels those are cool have you seen the five the five spoke ones yeah they're rad dude ugh. i was like what they're offered in my lug pattern too <laughs> what well, because the okay, so the Cadillac comes with a six lug, right? Yeah. But you can run the C five hubs, which is five by one twenty, or you can run the stock 
the base model hubs off the CTS, which is our five by one fourteen. Really? Yeah, it's kind of great. Nice. So well, I was like, I don't I, need to run like Corvette C five stuff with that. Uh, you know what? I would love to run the um, the C five Z wheels. I just there's like a soft spot in my heart for the C five Z wheels. If you know what I'm talking about. Uh huh. Oh. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's it's just you know, this is like that small little lip. They're like fucking ten inches wide. They're just beautiful. The only yeah. thing I don't like is that like the back are eighteens and then the fronts are seventeens. I'm like, nah. Yeah, I'm about to say, isn't aren't they off? Like they're like offset, but they're offset in like actual rim diameter. Yeah, it's a shit show. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I never thought that was a good look on hot rods either. <laughs> yeah, and then. uh so they do, and I already have the five by one twenty hubs. So I was like, you know what? I'll just use that because if I ever like break a wheel, I still kind of have like my uh, my last year's wheels to right. like run in practice and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, so I'm I'm gonna be running uh the Kansai wheels this year. Nice. So we'll see. I just I'm hoping they have silver. If they have the bronze, I may have to change the color up on the car. Gotcha. So we'll see. It's funny. I did hit them up on Instagram about uh, like a sponsorship program and like they're like, yeah, send us your proposal and everything. I actually like it reminded me I never I never sent them my proposal. Send it. It's not. It's. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, well, I still have like XXR backing me this year. So I was like, I'm still going to stay loyal to XXR. You know, and I wanted to stay loyal to VMR. I really did. But it's just which I'm going to after I officiate the sponsorship with them. Um, mm-hmm. it just, sometimes it doesn't work out. It's like, it's, they weren't like VMR is going for like this luxury look. Like every time they post a picture, it's a, you know, a 4k picture. It's this car. That's, that's just like a, it's a show car. It's just a pristine car or just a stock car with really good fucking camera editing. You know what I mean? And just people with wheels. And it's just like, they weren't looking for me to promote. So it was just like, ah. Mm-hmm. it just put me in this you know the hardest thing to sit to say is to move on from a sponsor because i didn't want to move on right like, i just i felt like i wasn't getting back what i was giving them gotcha and granted, but, that, but at the same time like sorry to cut you off but at the same time that's not really something that is actually your problem like all you got like i mean for example like if if they're willing to give you like give you wheels or give you wheels at a discounted price and they tell you, you know, Hey Gerald, like we want X, Y, we, so we're going to give this deal to you and we want X, Y, and Z from you. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, cool. Handshake agreement, sign the contract, whatever. And you get the wheels, you run the wheels and you successfully deliver X, Y, and Z to them. Who cares? Yeah. I, and I did, but I just felt I wasn't getting the same in return. Like I wasn't getting, yeah, I got a discount out of it, but I felt like I wasn't getting the same. And I wasn't even looking for like a matched. Um, so what I'm looking for, like a matched effort. Uh, you know, there was nothing. Yeah, I would send them like pictures. I wouldn't get a response. Oh, I, I get like, that. I wouldn't even get a response like, hey, here's an update for round three, round four, whatever. You know, here's some photos. I wouldn't even get a response. Dude, so was that, like, was, that was my whole year last year with XXR. 
like they basically gave me wheels and like I would, and then after that I would run, you know, give them updates and send them pictures and everything. Dude, not once did I ever get like a response. I think I got like a response once after like round one, like a congratulations that you won. But other than that, I got absolutely nothing, but I still made sure that the rest of the year, like, you know, I treated it like, Hey, this is a full year contract. Let's just continue hashtagging them and tagging them and yeah, whatever. Same. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the year, when I asked them for another sponsorship, they were like, Oh yeah, Josh, you know, we've been really happy with what you're doing with our social media. And I'm like, I didn't even know you guys even noticed, <laughs> hmm. you know, it's like, I couldn't even tell whether you were happy or not, but Hey, that puts like, me in a conundrum. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, they're they're willing to still you know be a part of my program, which is like super awesome. You know, they really don't have to, but you know, I just think it's cool that you know they're still willing to help me out. Yeah, and that's that's another thing is like I they're like you know let us know if you need if you need anything. I'm like yeah, I need more wheels, and then nothing came about it. Right. So it's just you know not to say that VMR is bad, but maybe they just didn't work out for me. That doesn't mean they're not gonna work out for somebody else. Right. You know, maybe the relationship isn't there. Maybe it wasn't built on like a solid foundation, whatever the case. You know, it's not every sponsor you get is going to work for you the way you want. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's about like what, you know, I like in my opinion, at the end of the day, it's, it's what you like deliver, you know, to them. And like also too, like there's a fine line of like what they, you know, expect from you. Because I know like, you know, some people, you know, not, you can't, you know, it's not all butterflies and, you know, everything, you know, sometimes there's certain people that are, you know, tougher to work with than others. And it's also tough to ride that fine line of, you know, sometimes you can't, you know, please them 110%. So how can I take care of them on the back end, you know? So. Yeah. And then like back into sponsorship a little bit, like that's the thing is like these companies are offering to give us discounted prices or just whatever the case, even a free product rather. But, you know, what are we giving them? We're just giving them a shout out on Instagram. Like at the end of the day, that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, but like, hey, if that's if that's what makes them happy, if that's what makes them happy, then no big, you know. You know, like I don't I don't even have a thousand followers. So it's like, what am I doing for anybody? Oh, but yeah, but still, it doesn't matter. They know that they can instantly go on your Instagram and see, hey, Gerald has a thousand followers like, you know, OK, so. I, you know, it just sounds like, I think, you know, you're concentrating too, like a little bit too much versus just as long as they're happy with what you are currently doing and what you were putting out, that is the main deal. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think like, it just sounds like, you know, you're maybe like overthinking it. Just probably. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> just a, probably. Too muchy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's the thing I don't want to do at the same time. But, but the other cool thing is what you can do is, is to like help maintain sponsors, which is what I've been doing a lot uh, this year is like, you know, my, my shirts and my apparel that I've printed out and everything. I just, you know, I shoot them an email. Hey guys, like, you know, what's like your t-shirt size or, you know, hat size or whatever here, I'm going to send you, you know, some shirts and just like little things, little tangible things like that means like the world to sponsors. Like they, like love that shit. Like I'm in the process right now. I'm going to build XXR a coffee table out of one of their wheels, like one of their wheels that I actually used like in drift pro am uh, last year. And they're going to eat that up. You know, it's super simple, but regardless, I mean, if you can't make something like that, then yeah, just send them some apparel or send them some, 
decals or whatever because it's little things like that that literally keep them back you know coming yeah and that's another thing and like some sponsors it depends on who they are like some won't really respond to you as well as you think like for instance like i got one sponsor um i won't name them but i was like hey you know he's really slow on responding mm. and he doesn't he'll never fucking listen to this thing so I, but I won't put his name out there. But it's like, you know, but when he does, but he does get me the stuff I need. Like, yeah. um, basically our deal. Sorry, my dog started freaking out. Maybe they think uh, someone's here. Um, like basically our deal is I'm going to represent him and his company. He's going to be, he's a parts distributor and he's going to give me a discount on parts. Like, you know, he's like, he's like, I'm going to give you the same price I'm paying. Just put my name out there in your area because no one knows who I am over there. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he actually already gives really great prices. You know, he's like super competitive with Summit and stuff like that. And he'll get you anything you fucking need. He doesn't care. That's rad. You know, and it's like, but when I ask him for something, he doesn't really respond so well or, you know, in a timely manner. At least I, that's how I see it, because the way I work with, you know, in my industry, in my position, like email is everything. So that's how I'm trained to think like email is everything. I'm going to email you when I want something. It's 2019, yeah. you know, but he doesn't always respond with something. I'm like, hey, uh, I need to get like a gift you know, how much is it going to be for like a gift package? Like I need a shirt, I need sticker, I need vinyl, you know, whatever I would like, you know, I'll purchase them. Just let me know, you know, like a care package, so to speak. And I was like, so I can, um, I can kind of like announce it on, you know, online that, yeah. you know, we're partnering up mm -hmm. and nothing mm -hmm. ignored it. And then I was like, Hey, I'm ready to order my coilovers. He's like, cool, send me the money. You know, it's just, it's little things like that. Like, that kind of can get you, um, not your hopes down, but it, it get you unmotivated. Right. So. Yeah, I can, I can see where that's, that's like tough. I mean, but who knows? You have to think about like, I mean, because I've had like sponsors like do that to me like before too, where it's like I've heard like nothing and, and stuff like that. And then last minute, like I hear from them and it's like, yeah, it's discouraging. And it's kind of like sometimes it's a little bit, you know, kind of like crap. Like, did I say something wrong or, you know, whatever. But sometimes you just have to like give them the benefit of the doubt. Like sometimes they're just super busy or something happened with their own personal life or, you know, whatever. You never know, dude. Like, I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, that's a, that's another thing to to take into account, especially if you're an overthinker, like my dumbass. Uh, that's where it can lead you. But I, I'm glad we really touched on sponsors because that's yeah. it's something to to really think about it. And someone who's going to get into it, right? Um, to really kind of consider that, or someone who's struggling with their own sponsor right now. Well, and two, the other thing is that people don't think about is that sometimes those certain companies like that want to sometimes they don't even care about marketing in a product. Like they just, you know, they thought your proposal was cool or you're a really cool person and they want to be a part of a motorsports team. So they're going to give you like a thousand dollars and they're going to put that on their books as advertisement and they can use that as a tax write off. So sometimes a company doesn't want to sponsor you just to get their name out there. Some companies, they just want to use it as a tax write off. That's, that's another way to look. I'm glad you said that. 
because that's not even something like it's something that I do think of sometimes in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, why do they give a shit about me? Like, why would they use me? Yeah. It's at the same time. It's just uh, sometimes they, they want to they just want to be a part of something or they no, and that's a that's a I'm glad you brought that up that that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and be like, oh, hey, sponsor me because I can be your awesome tax write off. Like, <laughs> that's not how I sell it. You know, that's not how, you know, I yeah but you know my thing is is like my my opening question practically to them is you know hey what is your you know hey i'd really love to help you guys with your 2019 you know marketing strategies and help you achieve your goals if i can't help you achieve at least i can try to assist them in any way shape or form that i can with the tools that i have at hand you know like i don't instantly like oh hey what up like i need your crap like you know yeah no that's true but you know what? We're, we're we're about to cut into two hours, and I want to kind of close it out soon. But was, with that, is there, there anything that you've touched on that you haven't touched on that you wanted to touch on? Um. Hmm. I I just I well I'll be really quick on this subject. I remember we were kind of going back and forth on like the LS and like the QJ thing, or, like, everything. Um. You know, like, like I said. Yeah, was, like if you're gonna pick one or the other, just pick a LS. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. Well, it's, well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to say, but at the same time, I just think that there's a big, you know, uh, animosity with like American drifting and Japanese drifting, and I just think it's retarded. I think everyone should just drift and all have fun, regardless whether you got a QJ, an S54, an RB, or an LS. Like, yo, let's just all go out and just have fun, like this whole animosity thing is just super unnecessary. Like I wanted to laugh at this girl that at ASB, she was wearing a sweatshirt that in huge lettering, it said like, it started in Japan. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. That's great. Well then why are you here? Why aren't you in Japan at a drift event than in America at a drift event? You know, like, I don't know. I just think that there's just this big disconnect in between like pro-am and competition drifting and grassroots drifting. Like it's just unnecessary. It's like, let's just all go have fun. I agree. But I do want to kind of make a sweatshirt that says it was perfected in America now. <laughs> I'd wear it. I, I, I'd, so would I. <laughs> yo, if you, Gerald, Mark my words, dude. If you make that shirt, I will pay for it, dude. You don't even got to give it to me. I will, I'll support the cause, and I will pay for it, and I will rock it. Regardless whether it's a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, I don't give a shit. I want it. Sign uh, me. You know what? I want to fucking look it up that right now. Make it on Make it on Teespring. Teespring. E-E-E-Spring.com. Gonna go there right now. You know what? I need to make shirt. Hey, did you make shirts for last year? I did make shirts for last year. Okay, just quick question. How much were shirts for, like, let's say fucking 20 shirts? On, like, see, I used Teespring, and it costed me, I think, about Cost. 10 to $12 a shirt. That's not bad. So that's, like, for, yeah. like, 20 shirts, it's, like, 200 bucks. Yeah. Maybe T-spring. 220 Dialed, yeah. Dude, that's not bad. Uh, anybody, if you're running a Pro-Am, spend the 220 bucks on some fucking team shirts. That reminds me. I'm lagging on that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on, it's I gotta look up the it started in Japan because I remember that. Yeah, I just wanted to like I mean a part of me wanted to go up and just tell her off, but at the same time I was like, nope, that 
Josh is 28 years old. If Josh was 18, Josh would have said something. But Josh is getting older, and he doesn't do those things anymore. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I really fucking love uh, that it started in Japan thing. You know what? I'd have. To, I don't want to get like copyright infringement because I want to do it in the, like the exact same fucking font. Yeah, the exact font or whatever. Yeah, but perfected in America, and then just put an American flag on the bottom right, <laughs> or just like Murica. America. Huh. I'm gonna have to look into it. I'm gonna yeah, look into well, it now. You already, well, you already have me as your first customer, so you let me know when you get those done. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work on it right now. <laughs> shit, I don't give a shit. I'll I'll put into that. I might even make money off of it. <laughs> but hey, man, I just I, I do want to thank you for coming on. It was a good yeah, conversation. Well, I think a lot of people are gonna kind of take away from this, especially for the sponsors the sponsorship side. We kind of touched on that a lot. Yeah, uh, like, I really appreciate that. Like, I mean, dude, I know we talked about a, a whole bunch of stuff, but I hope like at least someone can at least takes you know like at least one thing away from. From all of our banter and ranting and raving. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I'm, you know, this show is, it's it's molding itself into what I want it to be, and uh, it's a lot of it's me. It's it's kind of going off topic. Sometimes I've kind of not had, you know, the right questions to ask, but I, you know, this one was I felt it was good. Um, you're, like you're learning, you're perfecting. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, not perfecting, but I'm trying to get better at something. Exactly, it's perfecting your craft. You know, in um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I just don't. I I'm not trying to be perfect. If you know what I mean. No, no yeah. one would be perfect, so, but there's nothing wrong with trying to perfect your craft. Touche. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no I, no. I appreciate you coming on, and then uh, I'll I'm definitely gonna see you on March second at round one, right? Yeah, let's. I, uh, I mean, everything's looking good. I kind of unfortunately I mocked up my header on my new engine, and my valve covers are too big, and I may need to uh, extend. My headers, which now I need to kind of slightly rebuild. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What the hell do your headers have to do with your valve cover? Because the, like, because I got those turbo headers. Oh, I just remembered. Okay, okay. Yeah. And the collector, like, the collector is hitting the valve cover. now. Did you get the Holly running, ones? Huh? Did you get the Holly ones? The the headers or the... Um, valve covers. The valve covers are like some eBay ones. I assumed you stood you stood on the same header, right? Uh, yeah, I still am using. I was gonna make a whole new set of headers for like a whole exhaust system for the the new motor, but I'm just running out of time. And so the, and and I now we're gonna get into another fucking conversation. Why did you change the motor? Why didn't you just keep the five point three? Because I wanted more cubic inch. Uh, what are you gonna do with the five point three? Well, the five point three right now is a paperweight under my. Uh, under my desk <laughs> is it um, just a 5.3 like that's not bored out or anything no it's a, it's a freaking dude that 5.3 that i ran in the drift league was a stock 5.3 the I only thing that love was, it what heads yeah, were on it the only thing that was done to that motor was uh a cam push rods and rocker arms yeah with, uh, and then with a manifold and a throttle body but the pistons the rods and the crankshaft were all stock okay yeah that's that's normal yeah yeah, you've seen the meme that you put about five hundred dollars of eBay parts on it, and it will dominate a race horse. Me, <laughs> eBay parts. Yeah, eBay parts, dude. I don't give hey, a shit. <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting fucking eBay valve covers on my like eight thousand dollar motor right now. <laughs> dude, I'm looking for, you know, not, speaking of eBay, my uh, my driver's side um, wheel hub went out right now. 
on my Silverado. So I was looking at eBay. Who can have it here tomorrow? Amazon. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm looking. At. It's the same shit. <laughs> Amazon gets down too. Who's gonna be here tomorrow? That's all I care about. <laughs> Who's gonna? Yeah. Because it's got to get changed uh, out. Summit has been on top of it too, dude. Summit's turning into the new like Amazon. Yeah, I, I, especially because of their stupid Vegas. They're not their stupid. Their Vegas location. Yeah, I ordered some parts like this morning. They say that they're gonna be here on Wednesday at the end of the day. I'm like, you guys are my new best friends. Yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> I can live with a couple days. Yep. Not a fucking problem. Yeah. Wow. Sign me up. <laughs> did you change did you change your steering column? Or are you running a stock steering column? On my Mustang? Yeah. That nuts. No, it's all that it doesn't even have a column in it. It's just a three quarter inch shaft with some himes reinforcing the shaft. I've been looking at the sweet column. Oh the the the, the quick quick removal deal. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I don't remember what that thing is. Yeah, that's what I have. I have sweet manufacturing in both the Camaro and my Mustang, and they they they're really really snug. There's like no play in the wheel, and it, they're not all complicated like the NRG. Like I'm not like a huge NRG hater, but honestly, like that is way too complicated for a quick disconnect thingy. Yeah, they even make a well done one. Yeah, like for yeah, like seventy five bucks. Yeah, you just weld that little deal onto the shaft and you're good to go. Yeah, I was thinking about getting that one. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you again. Uh, where can people reach you? Do you want to do a shout out for sponsors, anything like that? Yeah, well, I'll just be I'll just be really quick. Um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Milestar Tires for supporting me with tires, XXR wheels, uh, for support me with wheels, improve racing with uh, some engine parts. Um, oh man, off the top of my head, who else? Uh, I got fuel suspensions, uh, to thank. Uh, Are you running fuel this year? Yeah, I'm running, uh, fuel coilovers. And guess who makes fuel for the Cadillac? What? What? They, they make sh- They should fucking be here tomorrow. Dude, that is rad. You're running contingency? Yeah, I'm just running their, their contingency program, like nothing, uh. No, no, that, that's all they offer for prom. Um, yeah. I'm doing the same. I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, and then I just want to shout out like KRC Power Steering, and uh, I just recently got Act Clutch, so got some got some pretty good names like behind me taking care of me and stuff like that. Not free, not yet, not pro level. No, but and that's that's what people need to understand. And even yeah. some of the pros probably don't get free. Yeah, exactly. So just take it one don't, step at a time. <laughs> exactly. Don't take it for granted when you get a sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but. So, and then uh, where can people reach you at? I know you have a YouTube and stuff. I don't I do not do the YouTube thing, so I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I don't, dude. If you were to ask me my YouTube channel, I would be like, I have no idea. It's some like weird, complicated like number or whatever. But if I Google, if I search YouTube Josh Mason, will you come up at least? Yeah, like usually it's like if you just type in like Josh Mason Camaro or Josh Mason Mustang. Oh, shit. Um, it comes up as a suggestion. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Well, just Josh Mason, actually, if you search you. Because you're the first one. Oh, wow. Because yeah. like I noticed the more and more videos I, I put up, the more easily I'm like searched because I know that there's multiple like Josh Masons out there, especially football players for some reason. Like, <laughs> 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 oh Josh, you play football? Nope. I don't even know what football is. Yeah, you're like, no, I, I, I play I'm in a sport that requires two of balls, not just <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But no man. Uh I'm glad you came on, man. I, I really yeah. appreciate it. And I uh, can't wait to see you again. Yeah, hello. Uh, we'll say hello. Yeah. Uh, I won't I won't yeah. be competing round one. 
Yeah. But that welding video, make one. I think it's a good idea. I don't know anything about YouTube, but it sounds like a good idea. Great idea. You can can do it at my house. I'll bring my welder to your shop. I don't give a shit. We could do it at your shop. Nice. (laughs) I'm down. That might wouldn't be a bad idea. That'd be pretty fun. You know, you got my number. You know how to reach me. Hell yeah. Um, But again, man, thank you. You have a good night, sir. Most definitely. You do the same. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. All right, brother. All right, bye.